Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Schmidt, 40 year old boy podcast. It is, uh, what is it, uh, Friday, Saturday? I don't know, Wednesday, June, May, March? I'm not sure. Couldn't tell you. No idea. I got to tell you this, though. I will not hold back. I'm going to drop this all on, on all of your heads. Um, I'm a little disappointed in you. I'm not going to lie. I, uh, I, I don't look, I don't know if I'm going to say that broadly or no. Let's put it this way. I want to say it broadly. I don't want to say it individually. I don't want anybody else to take this personally. But as a group, I'm going to say that I am uh, I am a little disappointed in all of you because uh, you listen to this show. Certainly we have the 40 the year boy podcast has been coming out for 12 years. We're in the we're smack dab. Actually, we're well past the midpoint of year 12. Good Lord. We're almost at year 13, which I, I don't know. I got to warn you. Year 13 sounds like it might be unlucky. <laughs> right? Who knows what could come in year 13? Lots of bad stuff, because this was the year of I will. And uh, I didn't realize it was going to be the year of I will destroy the earth. I wasn't sure that that was going to happen. It wasn't anything that was really on my radar screen. But that's exactly what's happened, unfortunately, because I chose to get my life together. And look at that. I broke the, uh, there was a rip in the space-time continuum. Uh, me losing weight and deciding to get back on stage was it was the equivalent of Thanos's snap. And, and I have sent half of the good things about this earth away and everything else is charged in to fill the void. It is ugly. Um, and again, like I said, I'm angry at you guys. Not angry, disappointed. You know what? I can't say I'm angry. I could never be angry at you guys. Come in here. Get in here right now for a hug. Come on. Oh, yeah. Look at me rubbing the microphone. Uh, get in here close right now. Put Bury your head in my neck. Put your head on my shoulder. Put your head on my shoulder. Uh-uh-uh. Sorry, it's late. Hold me close to you, baby. That was a long baby. Um, all right, here's the deal. So I, I, I can't possibly be mad at you guys. I could never be mad at you guys. I could never hold you in contempt of any kind. I could just be a little disappointed. Maybe a lot disappointed. Maybe I'm more disappointed in you than I've ever been in anything in my entire life. That seems strong. I'm going to back off that statement right now. Hold on. Why would I say that? Uh, I'm a little disappointed. I'm a little disappointed in most of you. Eh. All of you, eh, some of you, eh, one of you. Actually, it's just you, Rob. <laughs> it's just one guy. It's just you, Larry. Take that, Lawrence. Yeah, fucking stroke. Look what you did. It's your fault, Larry, you fucking dick. I, I, you know, I, I refuse to paint everybody else with a broad brush when I just got to get a fine point pen and just color in Larry and go, you, you dick. Color you in red for your shame and embarrassment. Uh, 
I'm a little disappointed. I won't lie. And I'm going to, I'm going to share with you why uh, I, I did a show, you know, I do shows. I don't know if you're aware of that. I do podcasts. I do them uh, virtually every week, <laughs> virtually. And they're coming out uh, kind of willy nilly, kind of milly vanilly, kind of all over the joint. Uh, but, uh, but that's fine. I, you're, you're still there. You still got ears and just download it. I, you know what? At this point, I, I don't give a fuck if you listen to the thing. I'd love it. Certainly I'd love it, but, uh, but if you don't listen to it and you just bank it for future reference. So then in nine years from now, and we're all like fucking children of men and I've got Michael Caine's house in the middle of nowhere and you come with me, a pregnant chick to hide from the fucking Gestapo, whoever the fuck's chasing you. We can all listen to my old shows. I could probably, you know, I'll pull out a box of fucking weed and I'll go, Hey, I could regale you with tales of what happened the last eight years. You'd be like, fuck that. We want to hear the old times, baby. Greatest hits only. Nobody wants to hear the new stuff, man. We get up and go right to the fucking head. You got to play the greatest hits for us, baby. Tell me about hiding in a shower. Tell me about 7-Eleven. Tell me about all those porn stars. Tell me about going to the strip club with your wife. Tell me about all that kind of stuff, man. That's the stuff. That's the good stuff. Nobody wants to hear about you hiding out in the goddamn woods, uh, which is a lie. I think everybody would want to hear about me. You don't want to hear about my adventures hiding in the woods, stepping in a hole and twisting my ankle, and then having to fight off uh, hungry ocelots who came in the night to try to nibble on my ears until as I slept and waited for somebody to rescue me. Yeah, let me tell you, I, it's hard to fight off ocelots with a fork, but I did it. They came charging at me out of the darkness. You ever see an ocelot in the darkness? No, of course not. It's dark. But still, at the same time, you can feel them. You get There's a vibe. And you get that, eh, that ocelot smell in the air. Oh, it's just, it just, you know what it smells like? It smells like contempt and anger and rage. There's, there's just that ocelot who's just furious that you've taken over his land. Because that's true. The ocelots used to run fucking all over the goddamn, the great white ocelot. You know about that? <laughs> I said above the canyon walls. Ding, 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 ding. Strong eyes did glow. But ding, 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 ding. It was the leader of the band, baby. Oh, my God. The great white ocelot. Hold on. Wow. The great white finch, you know, was actually from one of these shows in the past. You know, uh, Ted Nugent does not appear in this show as often as he should, right? Don't you think that there's something we, we're missing these past few months or years or however long? Ted Nugent should be on the show. Ted Nugent should co-host this show. Because I, 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 I'll tell you what, he's, who's, he's who you want looking for you if you're, you're hiding from the ocelots. If you fucking trip in the woods, you step in a hole and your ankle hurts, you want Ted Nugent to show up with his fucking blaster gun or whatever the fuck with his scream dream arms or his, and, and just want him to go fuck somebody up. You want him to wango an ocelot's tango and drag you out of the goddamn underbrush. Save you. Save me. Save you. Save me. This show has degenerated into that and I gotta stop. That's like my new thing. I bust in it. I do it when I'm doing it on Twitch too. Anything that triggers like a weird song in my head, I wind up singing a bit of it. And not singing, of course, nearly. Just uh, uh, unmelodic uh, phrasing is what I guess we would call it. There's no there's no fucking uh, interesting singing. God, I wish I could sing. Again, as I've said before, millions and billions of times. If I had a big cock, I wouldn't wear pants. And if I could sing, I'd never talk. It's all, I'd just burst in. I'd just fucking, I, you know, I'd order whatever the fuck, condoms, Astroglide. I don't know where I'm ordering those from. Why is that in my brain? Where does that go? <laughs> where do you where do you order those from that you have to go in and sing about them? Like, you just grab them off the shelf. Like, Astroglide's right there on the shelf in Walgreens and in Ralph's. At Ralph's, though, they have it under lock and key. Yeah, get that. They have it in the front of the store, so you actually have a cashier. You have to walk them over. Just like, but also, they locked up fucking everything. That's the thing. It's not even like, I think Astroglide is more of a, a thievery thing. Like, people might steal it. Like, you know, because, I mean, people are like, why should I pay for lube? But well, lube should be free. It should be running fr uh, from faucets all over America. Um, but instead, they lock it up because people, I guess, maybe crotch it or pocket it or steal it or whatever the fuck. Because, I mean, I was in rounds the other day. You know what those, You know what they fucking lock up? The Tide Pods. Fucking detergent and shit. What the? I Is that because people thought they would eat them or they thought kids would eat them or they look like candy or whatever the fuck? I don't know, man. But what the fuck are you doing? It's just... 
We are, what a, what a, you know, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it right now. What a fucking nanny state, right? Boo, boo on you, you fucking supermarkets. I'll tell you, if anybody wants to eat the Tide Pods, let them eat them. Put them on the goddamn shelf and choke them down. Because you know what? It's not Ralph's that's going to get in trouble. It's fucking Tide. If I was Ralph's, I'd actually put them in the fucking ice cream section and make people buy them just to see if they eat them. Just a weird social experiment. Because you know what? Ralph's isn't going to go down. Vaughn's isn't going to go down. John's market's not going to go down. Viarda market's not going to go down. Jewel Osco's not going to go down. Dominic's isn't going to go down. Kroger's not going to go down. Safeway's not going to go down. Gelson's isn't going to go down. Trader Joe's isn't going to go down. Whole Foods isn't going to go down. What if I just spent the next hour listing grocery stores? How fucking amazing would that be? CVS isn't going to go down. Walgreens isn't going to go down. Yes, they're drugstores, not grocery stores. Back the fuck off. But they still sell detergent, and I can hear Jimmy. Uh, but yeah, that would be the thing, man. It's like I would just put them out there with the food, and I would dare psychopaths to fucking eat it. Why wouldn't you eat a handful of Tide Pods? Especially now. Look out the fucking window. Do me a favor. Take the checkout. Just if you if you want to eat those little, because they, they look like space food. They're kind of spongy. You throw them in your mouth. You're like, mmm, delicious and blue. And then you swallow it. And then you know what? You die. You die with a clean esophagus. That's for sure. You choke a few of those down. You got a clean esophagus. You cough up some suds and you're adios. You don't have to worry about looking out the fucking window and seeing what the fuck's going on in this goddamn world these days. Isn't Tide Pod a reference? And you know what? Maybe the, maybe the cops should be shooting Tide Pods out instead of pepper balls. Maybe that's the thing they should do. You know what? Just shoot me with a detergent pod. You want to see if they're lethal or not? Let the cops load the guns with them. What the fuck with the cops and the fucking... Uh, we're going to get into it. You know, it's funny. I tried to avoid it. I didn't want to get into it. I don't want to talk about it, but it's all there is to talk about. Otherwise, I'm telling you about me hiding in my goddamn house. And you don't want to hear about that shit. Uh, I, although I had I had a, a, a lovely listener who's a friend wrote me and uh, I wrote about last week's show. Uh, I'll get into that in a second. But anyway, so speaking of last week's show, this is one of the reasons why I'm disappointed with you guys. This is one of the reasons why I find myself to be a little uh, addled, a little disappointed, a little thrown, a little, a little, I got to back off. Maybe you and I were, uh, we were arm in arm. We were hand in hand. We were moving toward the altar a little too soon because there were things I didn't know about you guys. Um, and I, I shouldn't hang this on around, around all of your necks. I think broadly, this isn't just about listeners. This is about the world itself. I'm not disappointed just in you specifically. It used to be, remember I was, I was mad at Larry. Larry, you're off the hook. And then I was mad. I was like disappointed in you guys, but I don't really mean that. I, when I say you guys, it's more about the world. It's not about listeners to the show because we're all in the club, right? We're all, I'm your internet chum. You're in the inner circle. Ding. By the way. Remember when I did the inner circle thing with the ding and the fucking, you know, all that shit? Dude, Chris Jericho, now his stable in AEW is the inner circle. Him and fucking uh, Santana and Ortiz and fucking Jake Hager, whatever the fuck the guy's name is. He used to be Dirk Swagger or whoever the fuck. These dudes, they, they became the, the, the fucking, they're the inner circle. And I'm like, God damn it. And then they have the coolest fucking shirt ever where they made a, they made a Guns N' Roses, like the cover of Epitaph for Destruction, but with their four heads as skulls. And I was like, oh, man, I want that shirt. But at the same time, I'm still mad that they took Inner Circle. Not that I created Inner Circle. I didn't make it up. But it was one of the dumb things that launched out of my fucking head, whatever, five years ago or two years ago. I can't fucking remember. I can't decide. And it really doesn't matter. Because like I said, eventually in five years or seven years, I'm just going to be in a fucking house in the woods. I've been looking for other places to live. I'm not even joking. Like, I mean, out of the dude, I went. This is true. I looked for apartments in Toronto and I looked for apartments in Kitchener because I have friends there. And I thought that was like a, maybe a base of like where, where there would be people um, looking at prices, looking to see, because I don't know anything about the fucking neighborhoods. I'd have to reach out to my friends and ask about that. I was just checking general prices for real estate in these areas, like for apartments and stuff like that. And I, there was these apartments that are like 1300 bucks, but they're fully furnished with like a 50 inch TV and they got a washer and dryer inside the fucking apartment and stuff like that. I'm like, wow. But also then it said it was a, said it was a university starter suite or something like that. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm going to be living with a bunch of fucking eggheads. I don't, 
I don't want that. Fucking, I'll be like Ogre. I hope I, you know what? I should do it, actually. I'll go to this building and get an apartment, and I'll just be like Ogre. I'll be like 15 years older than anybody else there, and by 15, I'll make 40. And I'll just be there going, nerds. And they'll love me. I'll be the fucking king. I'll be like the coolest RA of all time. I just, you know, I've got crotched astroglide and condoms I'm giving everybody. Oh, look at me. How Wouldn't you think I was cool if I was trying to gravy train on some kids and shotgun and beers with them? What if I started drinking? I moved to Canada, decided to plunge into a goddamn child's waiting pool full of goddamn liquor. What do you got in Canada? Molson? Moosehead? Is Moosehead up there? Moosehead was down here. You got Mol. I think Molson is, that's the main one, right? And Labatt's. You got a Labatt's. Uh, in a place like Canada, which has these beers, Molson and Labatt's, do they also have the microbrews and all that bullshit? Because down here you got, you know, Devil's Taint, Amber Ale or whatever the fuck. And everybody's like, ooh, delicious. And I'm like, ah, it's fucking beer. Tastes like fucking beer. Don't tell me, you know, worm guts extraordinaire. I, oh, okay. Delicious. Mmm, tastes like beer. Yes, but it's got 11% APV. I don't, I don't, couldn't tell you less with that. I had no, no clue. Don't you ride those in the desert in APV? I don't know what the fuck that means. Uh, but that's what everybody's got. They're all making their, you know, uh, oh, look, it's it's the the John and Yoko bedsheet ring out beer or whatever the fuck. And it's like, oh, man, this tastes just like uh, a press conference. Oh, it's gross. I don't like it. I don't care for it. it t- this tastes like uh, this beer tastes like it ruined the Beatles. I think it did. Perhaps it did. I've got a, and I got a, you know what? Actually, if you, if you drink the John and Yoko's bedsheet extravaganza, uh, you drink it and you, you just, you scream like Yoko on it right when you're, that's how bad it is. It burns your throat and you're just like, that's what she sounds like, right? She sounds like somebody threw a cat in a fucking pot of water. Something like that. Doesn't she sound like, sounds like somebody grabbed a bird and threw it into an oscillating fan. Ah, oh, Yoko, what the fuck? And also, let me tell you, I'm going to say this. It's about time somebody took on Yoko, isn't it? Oh, look at me being brave and striding up to the old microphone and going, that's it, gloves are off. In this time of turmoil and upside-down world, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen from minute to minute. It's about time somebody put the gloves on and fucking took out Yoko. That's right, I took the gloves off and put them back on. That's how much she deserves to get fucking waylaid. Is she and Sean and uh, who's the other one? Julian, but didn't one of them change their name? Didn't Julian become like a monk? Right? Isn't it him or is it Sean? I don't know. And good for them. They got all the fucking money in the world. If you were a Beatles kid, what the fuck else would you do? Like, I know Sean, Sean went into music, but then also he became an experimental Joe. And he's like, oh, it's just like his, he's got like all the weird shit from his mom and his dad. You know, he's like, oh, I wrote a song about, wrote a song about peace, but you got to play it on ice cubes before they melt. <laughs> And the tones are different every time you hit the ice. Oh, Christ. Yeah, Sean, how about you just write a... You know what, here, Sean, I have some advice for you from your father. And, and take it, please. Because he left this message with me. For he, he left it with me to you. Here's what he said. One, two, three, four. That, that's it. That's all you need to know. Quit writing these experimental dirges with your head in a crock pot and whatever the fuck else you got going on. And then Julian had like four hits and then a coke habit for 75 years. And, uh, and he, but he's still lurking. I'm sure he's fine. I'm sure they're lovely. By the way, all of this is baseless. I couldn't tell you what they were doing at all. I think, I think years ago I, I read that Sean was doing something. And so that's why, that's how he is in my head. He's frozen in my head as that guy. He could have recovered. He could be on fucking Wall Street now. I don't know what the fuck he's doing. He could be hunting down Mark David Chapman's family for revenge, which would be fucking awesome. How great would that be? Hold on. Let's go that route. What if fucking Julian and Sean, because I haven't heard much of them lately. What if they just been like fucking training with Ray's Al Ghul? To go out and get the Chapman family and kill every, his whole fucking lineage. 
take them all out because I don't even know. Was it one of those things where like uh, like Yoko forgave him? I don't even fucking know, right? Doesn't that shit always happen? Where like somebody gets killed and everybody's like, oh, what a drag. And they're like, oh, I forgive the family. No, no, you don't. You really don't. None of us do. We should stake out Mark David Chapman to a fucking tree in Central Park and just fucking whack golf balls at him until he dies of exposure or golf ball poisoning. Seriously, fucking take that guy out. And you get Sean and fucking Julian to do it, dressed like Batman. Let them fucking do it. Let them just be Batman. Let them be just fucking Julian Lennon and Sean Lennon like Batman and Robin. Of course, you know what? I'll tell you this. The reason they haven't gone out and killed Mark David Chapman just yet, they're fighting over who gets to be Batman. I don't think there's any doubt about that. As brothers, you knew it would come to this. They've been training with Ray Al Ghul. They're out there, Ken Watanabe showing them what the fuck to do. They're in all sorts of fucking hip tosses and goddamn somersaults, and they can throw somebody off a building and run down and catch him before they land. They're super powered. They're the fucking Lennons. That's Sean, that's Sean and Julian Lennon, baby, or whatever the fuck Sean changed his name to now. It, 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 it literally is, it's like, <laughs> he's got some some dumb name, like, you know, fucking Soda Can Bob, you know, and I, I changed my name to a material object because my father announced material objects and I want to show how really names don't mean anything here, man. Oh, good for you, Sean, you liver puddly and fuck. All right, good. So him and Julian, they've been training under Razal Ghoul and Ken Watanabe. Don't ask me why an actor's been sucked into this, but he is, and he's training the two of them to become like this fucking shadow and darkness fucking ninja assassin team. However, the two of them can't stop fighting on who gets to be Batman, so now the Mark David Chapman family lives on, which is a fucking drag, right? Take them the fuck out. Why are they alive? It's like whenever, when, like when there's some fucking serial killer, right? Look, it's always a drag when the serial killer's parents get dragged into it, okay? I get it. You got Dahmer, he fucking kills a bunch of dudes, cooks them, eats them. And then the first thing they do is they find his mom in the phone book. They're like, <laughs> ring, ring. Hello. Hi, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. We got a question about your son and his teeth. And then she's like, what, what? And then you're like, yeah, I don't know if you know this, but uh, well, uh, there's a few things we have to break to you about your, your son. Did you know your son was gay? Well, I did not know that. Oh, brace yourself. Well, hold Katie bar the door. Grab a chair because there's a whole lot more to this story than you even know. Uh, don't ask me how I know her. Her name is Katie and, and why the door was open. But... Uh, they always go to some serial killer for their fucking quest. And I think, I think the victims of serial killers should just, they should get to kill the family of the serial killer. Now that's not real. And I'm joking. We're having fun. This is what happens when you just fucking untether your brain and it rampages into the distance. Cause as it was coming out of my mouth, I was like, this is a funny route to go. That's where my brain went. And now I'm thinking, no, that's a bad idea. Cause again, the parents didn't have a fucking idea unless it's some fucking weird, uh, little league coach, Vic Morrow motherfucker who slapped Jeffrey Dahmer on the mound when he was a kid. And then he, everybody was just like, boo. And then Buttermaker had a beer and everybody, does, they lose and whatever the fuck. Um, then, then kill that Vic Morrow motherfucker. He deserved, you know, he got his head cut off. And you know what? Good for him. Slap that kid. Take a fucking dirt nap, motherfucker. Watch your head go flying in the distance like a goddamn George Bell home run in 1985 fucking Toronto Blue Jay Exhibition Stadium as George Bell wheels on a fucking pitch from fucking Dave Rosema and knocks it deep into the fucking night. Uh... You, you don't know how bad I want to stop this show right now to see if in 1985, George Bell took Dave Rosema deep. I, I want to. So my brain is just I am locked in. I am so fucking so excited to find that out at the end of the show. And the thing is, I won't even remember. That's the deal, man. That's the right way this show works. I couldn't tell you one fucking thing I said to anybody except for last week. Now, I did a show last week. You guys know this, right? I do comedy. I do podcasts. Uh, and sometimes we talk about other things besides the things that you're thinking we should talk about, or we, uh, you just, we look, man, the world is infringed upon us at this point. I, I mean, as much as I want to talk about George Bell and Dave Rosma for the next, for the next hour, which, and don't think I don't, 
Don't think I want to sit here and just go, oh, you know what? Let's talk about Jesse Barfield. Because in the second game of that three-game series with the fucking Tigers, <laughs> Jesse Barfield took Milt Wilcox fucking yard. Got the Blue Jays pounded the Tigers in that series. It's fucking amazing. Even Jack Morris comes in. He's your third guy. He comes in on day three to try to stop him in a Sunday getaway game. And what happens? Dave Steeb outduels him and nobody can fucking realize what would happen because Dave Steeb is so underrated. He should be in the fucking Hall of Fame. God damn, I love Dave Steeb. Dave Steeb's curveball was a weapon. It was just, it was devastating. I think, I think, honestly, this is completely true. I think they should remake Star Wars without lightsabers, only Dave Steeb's curveball. If they pull out that fucking flashlight and they go, and it just, and Dave Steeb's curveball leaps out and hits Yoda in the fucking head. And he's like, oh, strike it was. Yes, it was. It struck you, motherfucker. Have a seat, you green fuck. Go ahead and lay down and pull some dirt over yourself. Take that nap, baby, like our friend Vic Morrow. And he's not my friend. He slapped the kid. Fuck him. Fuck Morrow. Uh, and he was a racist in that Twilight Zone. I don't care for that because that was a little too a little too close for home for me. I'm sure he was doing a fucking acting job, but I don't think so. I think that was the real Vic Morrow. I think, honestly, they. I think John Landis said to him, do me a favor. You know what? I'm going to go this route. I'm going to tell you, John Landis knew that Vic Morrow was a terrible racist. And he hired him for Twilight Zone the movie expressly with the purpose of killing him for his past racism. That's I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there now. I don't mean to be, look, I'm just asking questions, which I fucking hate that phrase. I'm just asking questions. You know, you can't tell me that John Landis fucked up a stunt so badly that a helicopter took off Vic Morrow's head. No, you can't tell me that. I think it was planned. Landis was sneaky. He was like, oh, you know what I'm going to do? Here's what I plan on doing. I'm going to book Twilight Zone the movie and I'm going to have a helicopter fucking crash down on Vic Morrow because he called that guy the N-word once. And so then we put him in the ground. Then I'm going to have a kid who winds up molesting women and everybody fucking hates him. But first he's going to make a movie about aliens with Will Smith. Oh, Max Landis. What a fucking clown, right? Dude, I read an article on Max Landis. Get this. I read an article on Max Landis. It's got to be five years ago. What a fucking completely controlling... And I'll I'll tell you what. It was enlightening to read about him at the time that I read about him. That's all I'll say. uh, It it, it seemed relevant to me at the time when I was reading it and going, hmm. Uh, But he was a terrible fucking guy. And he was really... He would like convince these women to like to be like his girlfriend and then he would shit all over them and then he would tell people they were awful and then he'd make them take their clothes up at a party. He's just a fucking bad dude. But then he kept getting opportunities to write movies and do and do books and shit like that. And you're like, Jesus Christ, does this town not care about fucking anything? They're just going to fucking make all that. You know what we need? You know what? Let's fucking get us some Tide Pods over to Max Landis. I'm sure he'll get fucking all wasted and eat him one goddamn night. And there you go. Death by suds. Fuck you, Landis. Take that. Or, or, hear me out. Vic Morrow's kid makes a movie, casts Max Landis in it, and drops a helicopter on his fucking head. There you go. Let's bring it full circle, baby. That's what I say. For Max Landis's transgressions, Vic Morrow's kid gets to make a movie with a helicopter stunt that goes awry and chops off Max Landis's fucking head. And that goes flying into the goddamn distance. Not unlike a home run off of the, <laughs> off of the bat of Ernie Witt, who was not a power hitter. But Ernie Witt still stepped up and took Kevin Saucier deep. In that same series, goddammit. it, because the Tigers are trying to hold a lead, but Saucier got fucking yanked right out the goddamn building. Let me have some water. Tough to say Saucier with a dry mouth. Ah, uh, Kevin Saucier, go Google him, Google him, Google him, fucking getting a save and stomping off the mound like a fucking idiot, dancing around. He's a former Philly, Kevin Saucier, but then he went to the fucking Tigers, and for some reason he was good. And then he was like, he had one great year, and he would get saves. What is with the Tigers and fucking weird pitchers like Fidrich and fucking Saucier? 
Uh, but then you got a fucking idiot like Jack Morris, who, by the way, is a bad guy. If you don't know anything about Jack Morris, terrible guy. Mean to women sports writers, just a fuckhead. And then they put him in the Hall of Fame for mediocrity, which is for one game. Jack Morris is literally in the, in the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame for one fucking game. Now, granted, it was a one or nothing shutout in the seventh game of a World Series, which is wonderful. But, uh, you know, fucking Marty Bystrom threw a, a fucking shutout in the, in the World Series for the Phillies. That's a lie. He didn't throw a shutout, but at least he did well. But Marty Bystrom did well. Look, I'm not going to sit here and defend Marty Bystrom to you people. Hey, you want to come at me on Marty Bystrom? Fine. Call me. Let's go to the phones. Cincinnati, hello. Uh, but Cincinnati's not calling because all they want to talk about is Raleigh Eastwick because they have he was a red and then he was a Philly and they figure we've got some common ground there. They want to talk about Pete Rose, red and Philly, common ground there. And I say, no, nay, I cannot. I cannot discuss Pete Rose and I certainly won't discuss Raleigh Eastwick. However, if you'd like to talk about Pedro Borbon or Cesar Geronimo, I'm more than happy to discuss it. Uh, do, can you tell I miss baseball? Can you tell I miss it with all of these guys lurking in my goddamn head? Uh, here's what I say to you folks right now. I tell you this, I'm disappointed in all of you. Have I mentioned that? I think I have. Uh, I'm not, uh, I'm not thrilled. I'm a little disappointed. And, uh, here's why, because I did a show last week. You may have heard it. Uh, I, I, I was, uh, it was called, uh, I'm in the club and it was in the face of the world burning. And I did a show where I kind of, whatever, I talked about a bunch of different stuff. And, uh, I will tell you this, I'm disappointed now because here we are on the following Saturday. And I genuinely thought that that show, um, I thought I ended racism. I'm not going to lie to you. I did that show last week and I thought this, you know what? I, I finished the show and I went and I, I brushed my hands off and I went, well, that takes care of that. I just put racism to bed and I stood up and I, I like the cock of the walk. I strutted around the house and I was so excited to be the guy who fucking ended racism. And I put that show into the world. Literally, I, I built it with the theme songs after I even picked the mech song. So it had uh, the uh, the for what it's worth. I had I wanted to have that in there and uh, and I uploaded it and I was like, all right, that's my knuckles cracking. Here we go. Uh, racism. T- try. Try to defend yourself in the face of this, baby. Look at me dropping truth bombs on everyone. Oh, you know what racism has been waiting for? They've been waiting for a fat white guy from Chicago who now lives in Los Angeles to go ahead and take it to task on a podcast. Look at me. Racism didn't even see it coming. Racism didn't, you know, when racism started, it was like, ha ha, what will be my downfall? It had no idea. It thought it would just go on and on forever, but it didn't see this, this brand new medium called podcast podcasting. It's been around for 75 fucking years. Um, or as long as Julian Lennon has been doing drugs or whatever the fuck I said earlier. Uh, but yeah, I, I, uh, I genuinely thought last week's show would end racism. And here we are. Uh, I don't know if you can hear the helicopters that are still hovering over my apartment for no reason, by the way, there's nothing fucking going on out. I'm in the Valley. People have been very nice and they're checking up. They're like, Jesus Christ, are you okay? Uh, yeah, I'm fine. I live in, I live in the Valley, man. Nobody's coming to the Valley. They have people, you know, there's people here on like street corners and shit like that who are holding signs and, and getting support and stuff. Um, and I think some people marched down some side streets or whatever the fuck, but I mean the main action, like when it first started, when it kicked off down here, it was in downtown LA, which is like 12 to 15 miles from me. And then, uh, and then it moved closer that Saturday. It was in West Hollywood slash Beverly Hills area. And that's about eight or nine miles from me. So that, that's about as close as it's come. There's been demonstrations in my neighborhood who is demonstrating in your neighborhood, in your neighborhood. Well, some people, uh, but mainly it's been on street corners with signs and there, there hasn't been a lot of, uh, there was the rumors. Cause again, there's all these fucking rumors that uh, dude, what a fucking mess, right? I mean, I, 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 I didn't, I didn't want to come on. Cause again, look, the world's burning. I have to think that there are good changes happening, and I don't think I'm wrong. Um, 
you know, you you see what's happening. We all know what's happening. And I, I thought to myself, I'm like, all right, what am I going to do here? Am I going to go ahead and just do it again? Do I get to bust out the Michael Morgan? Oh, red alert, red alert. Ah, this country is being torn apart at the seams. It, the fabric of this very civilization that we've been built on is being set aflame and torn asunder. And it's about time. Red alert, red alert from Flint. Uh, fuck you, Michael. All right. Um, so I, I don't, uh, I mean, we got, we got to talk about it because it's what's happening, right? It's what's going on in the world. I mean, I've already, look, I've killed enough time talking about murdering the Lenins with Tide Pods, certainly. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I just, I don't know, I because I don't, I will tell you this, man. I have no fucking idea how anybody survived 1968. I, I don't have any f- fucking clue with, with riots in the streets and bombings and fucking hijackings and shit and holy what the and and fucking Martin MLK and Bobby Kennedy getting gunned the fuck down you're just like what and again because these people back they nobody had Netflix back then they had three channels so it's like hey what's on channel two well Kennedy getting shot ah fuck this turn on channel five oh man what the fuck is this Kennedy shot again ah football there's Rosie Greer oh fuck it's Kennedy getting shot again what the hell man oh Jesus Christ I and there's you couldn't escape it you couldn't escape I, in 68 I don't know how anybody got through it man and again it was hippies and drugs and hate Ashbury and 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 Nixon seemed like the sane choice so they went with him because uh LBJ was fucking bailing him and his giant hog were like, fuck this. I'm going back to a ranch to lasso some pigs with my giant cock. And he did probably. Uh, and then Nixon took over and everybody's like, yay, sort of. I don't know. Nobody knew. And and then, uh, you know, I mean, everything. I was one. What the fuck do I know, man? I made it through, though. So that's good. My mom kept me from getting murdered in a hippie riot or whatever the fuck. But now you look outside. It's just like, Jesus fucking Christ. And then here's the thing I don't get. All right, look, shit's hitting the fan. We know this. Everything's going fucking bananas. People are protesting and rightfully fucking so. And, and they want change, and they should. We need fucking change in this country. Absolutely. And you see the videos. I've seen easily. This is, not, this is no exaggeration. Now, it might speak more to my viewing habits than anybody, anything else, but uh, I, I've seen a hundred. If I've seen one, I've seen a hundred videos of cops just beating the fuck out of people. Just, Just... I mean, peaceful people standing there with their hands up, yelling or chanting or whatever the fuck. And look, are they, are they maybe saying death to pigs or whatever? Whatever the fuck. I, I don't know, but it doesn't fucking matter. You're a cop. Your job's to stand there, protect and serve. That's it. Your job's not to fucking leap into a goddamn pile of protests and start swinging like a motherfucking idiot. I did this shit at fucking metal concerts, man. When I was working security at Slayer, I told you I was working with other fucking security dudes and they just jumped into the crowd swinging and hitting people. I was like, oh, I guess we're doing this, you know, so then I got to back them up. You're grabbing up and fucking hitting people, dragging them out the fucking door. And uh, and it never felt right, but it had to be done. But I mean, I don't, let's put it this way. It never felt right. But what had to be done was me de- helping my friends, my brethren, I guess. But then afterwards, I told the supervisor, I'm like, dude, these guys went fucking crazy in there. And, and that's what I see with this fucking rioting situation. Like, I, you know, Cops are circling the wagons and, and, and just going fucking bananas. And I'm talking everywhere, like fucking Los Angeles and Denver and, and Joliet and Joliet fucking Illinois. I grew up in Bolingbrook, right? So then Joliet's like fucking five minutes away. And they showed the mayor. He was out with the fucking cops the other night and a, a protester walked by and might've, yeah, he might've smarted off. Like I couldn't really hear what he said, but it doesn't matter. He didn't do anything. He was still walking. And the mayor just walks up and grabs this black kid and just drags him 
over to the fucking car and starts wailing on him. And then two other cops jump in and they start wailing on the fucking kid for what? Cause he smarted off. He walked away. I mean, Jesus, are you just going to put these kids at lunch counters with fucking Dobermans and a fire hose next? What the fuck are you doing? I see these people standing out there and the protests are just fucking getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And again, they fucking should. Cause I'll tell you what it's, it's, and, and I never thought, because you know me and you know where my head's been recently. Um, it's working. It, in tiny, I, I, I found myself today having the tiniest, thinnest sliver of a scintilla of see-through fucking hope. Like, like a fucking, like an onion skin of hope. I mean, it's, it's flimsy. And you could, like I said, you could see through it and there's no real substance to it, but it, but it was there. It was there because after a week of, of unrest and a, and a week of a rebellion, we, we see in LA, they take $150 million out of the police budget. And in Minneapolis, they're talking about possibly defunding police and reorganizing the entire way that they, they police their city. And you see that things are getting done. Things are actually kind of being accomplished. Uh, and so it, it, it gives you a tiny bit of hope. And then you go right back to social media and you see somebody shoot a fucking pepper ball in somebody's eye. I mean, I, and also I, I, I've seen four different people who got shot in the eye with those fucking rubber bullets and they've lost the eye. Their eyeball exploded. There's a fucking photojournalist who took one in the face. And, uh, I've, you know, I've seen all the charts where it's like, oh yeah, they're supposed to shoot those rubber bullets at the goddamn ground. They're supposed to bounce up and hit somebody in the leg. And I'm just, I don't, I don't fuck it. They, why do they even have these fucking things out there anyway? Just, just let people protest and leave them the fuck alone. And in this fucking time, like I, I, you know, I don't know what the fuck is going on with people, man. Like I said, I thought I ended racism. I didn't think I'd have to come. I didn't think I'd have to talk about this, this fucking week, but I did. And I have to, and I do. And, and you see it changing in real fucking time. It's kind of funny. You see the, like, uh, I I mentioned that things are changing and good things are happening. You know, like I, I mentioned the, the 150 million in LA dude. Um, I mean, bad things are still happening too. If you have social media, you know this. I, I don't know who these fucking idiots are who, well, well there's a, there's two different fucking idiots online. All right. There's the people who, uh, who kind of vaguely like, like companies who reach out and they do this, you know, every team in business is lining up to put out a fucking statement, which is just this fucking giant word salad of nothing where it literally, if you just put out a statement that just said, Hey, black lives matter. We support you and your cause. That's all you got to do. But instead, it's always some, well, we here at the Denver Nuggets believe that everyone has a right to breathe the right air of civilization and liberty. Shut the fuck up, you fucking nobodies. So stupid. And why? I understand it's it's because it's a weird catch 22 because they have to do something. You can't because if you don't say anything, you're fucked. You know what I mean? You're just because like, you people are like, oh, uh, I, I noticed that the Phoenix Coyotes haven't come out against racism. And it's like, of course not. They're a hockey team in Arizona. That's just, that's just a racism sandwich right there. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, well, it's a shock to me that the Calgary Flames had nothing to say. Oh, is it really? They play in the Saddle Dome. You might as well think that you know, I'm sure they fucking had slave roping competitions in the fucking eight. 1800s there get fucked jesus but yeah everybody's but if you so if they don't say anything they're fucked but then 
they're so tone deaf to it, so they have to come up and they go, we here at the Phoenix Coyotes understand that it's a trying time in our world today. And, uh, well, as as we all skate as one together, we take our sticks and work our uh, pucks down the, the and score a goal against racism. You know, it's always some bullshit fucking metaphor that they have because they have no, there's no experience here. There's nothing to do. There's no way to make it work. Because also, like I said, you have to fucking say something. I saw a dude who made a spreadsheet of all 30 Major League Baseball teams, and he had to, he judged all of their statements by six different categories. Did they say Black Lives Matter? Did they show contrition? Did they show regret for police violence? Like all these things. And I'm like, Jesus, fucking Christ, man. I, again, I, as I've told you, I, I'm, we're all fucking fatigued by social media, but also... It's it's right now it's a fucking amazingly important tool because it's catching us so many fucking terrible transgressions and we're seeing them every fucking night, every fucking day. But then also it exposes where people will say, oh, I uh, I noticed that Rhea Perlman didn't have anything to say about the riots. It's like, I who gives a flying fuck? Because also these same people, when Rhea Perlman says something about, oh, I don't know, abortion or whatever, they're like, stick to your acting, stick to sports, dummy. Like this Jonathan Taves of the Blackhawks, he's a center and he wrote an amazing statement, a heartfelt, interested statement where he was basically saying, I need to learn all about this. And I support black people, black lives matter, you know, whatever the fuck he, it was very eloquent what he said. And of course people are like, Oh, stick to sports, John. Oh my God. Stick to fucking sports. We don't want to hear it now. And when people say stick to sports or stick to movies or stick to comedy or whatever the fuck. And again, I'm very conscious about this because I've told you this is a comedy show. And what have we done for the past month? Look, look, there's no doubt I've been fucking funny. I've been fucking in every funny in every episode. However, uh, at the same time, I'm talking about all of this fucking garbage that's happening because you have to. Because first the germ came and ruined the whole fucking world. And then after that, everybody got piled into a fucking cordwood pile by cops and tied up and taken into fucking paddy wagons. Then taken to the fucking station and all these people are getting out and they're running down what happens when they get fucking pinched. And all these fucking cops are rude and ignorant to them. And it's just, it's... It's a fucking war out there, man. And I'll tell you what, I, 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 so I see the minefield when celebrities are told, like, you know, they, they get told to stick to sports and it's like, fuck you, man. Cause if he did, if he doesn't stick to sports, then you're pissed. But if he does stick to sports, then they're like, well, I noticed that Patrick Kane had nothing to say about the riots. Well, he must support the police or, you know, everybody co-ops them for their own fucking agenda because that's what the fucking world is these days. Everybody has, if you don't say anything, people will claim you on either side and go, he supports us because one time he wore a vest. No, I saw him wear a hat one time. So he loves us. And it's like, Jesus fucking Christ. Can't the guy just fucking have a goddamn bowl of soup in peace? He's got to go ahead. Cause I, I, I don't mean this. I don't know if this sounds trite or whatever the fuck. I really don't give a flying fuck what anybody on the Chicago Blackhawks thinks about racism. I mean, I'm hoping that their hearts are in the right place and that they're going to do whatever they can to help the black community. And they understand that black lives matter. Um, But I also think that the odds are young kids who want to play in fucking pond hockey in Canada and grew up in a fucking mayonnaise jar might not know everything there is to know about the black community, particularly when we've been seeing that for years, there's been racism in the NHL from fans or opposing players yelling at the few black guys who do make it into the league. And I would prefer to think that, because again, it's also, it's so weird how sports becomes the fucking guideline because I've checked out the statements of my favorite teams. So I can, so just so I can be like, please, please say the right thing. Please don't be that one stupid team who's like, all lives matter. And you know what? Uh, in hockey, we have a blue line. Well, the police also have a thin blue line and we don't want to cross it or there's icing for everybody. Shut the fuck up. How dare you? How fucking dare you? 
but nobody did that, thankfully. Uh, like I said, the Blackhawk statement was fine. It's just, it's just a pile of words. A thesaurus exploded, and there you go. But then Jonathan Taves comes out, he's the captain of the team, and also so then he writes a very heartfelt statement because he cares about this world, and you find yourself going, oh, thank God. I'm so happy that guy's on my team. I'm so happy that worked out okay. Uh, the Phillies put out a statement, and it was just kind of, again, it was the same thing where you're just like, all right, yes, they... And I understand why people would want to see strength from their favorite teams. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want because I don't want the Phillies to be shitty. And also in Philadelphia, man, that's that's one of the cities where the cops have gone fucking bananas. Did you see the fucking there's a clip? There's a this fucking this cop looks like he looks like an extra from the Sopranos. He's just a round fuck in a white shirt with a baton. Right. He got the fucking riot helmet on the stupid goggles. And uh, in he's this dude. <laughs> This guy's like the Jackie Chan of fucking bad cop clips because he's in two. This guy has a sequel. This fucking guy didn't just fuck somebody up one day. The next day, he's in a fucking sequel. And they pick him out from his fucking stupid name tag because here's the thing. The first night, he's walking and a woman's in the crosswalk. And there's like, you know, it's there's people and protesters and cops, but nobody's doing anything. They're all just kind of milling about. But because she's in the crosswalk with her bike, he says something and she doesn't move fast enough or whatever. Or she might have said something like whatever, you know, whatever. And you can't even really tell. And he just fucking snatches her up. It's just a it's just a woman. What the fuck are you doing, you idiot? So he grabs her. He tries to grab her bike. He grabs her. He spins her around and two other guys come flying in and they tackle her. And he lands on top of her and then they form a barricade. The cops form a barricade around them as they're fucking scrumming the shit out of this chick. And, and everybody's like, boo, you know, they're filming it. But here's the and I'll say this to you, motherfucker. These dudes are still doing it in every city all the fucking time when they know they're being filmed. They've known for a week that everybody's out there with phones, eyewitness accounts, news crews are filming them wading into unarmed protesters and just swinging batons and fucking people up. And they don't care. And... That is one of the scariest things you can take away from all of this so far, that they feel that this sort of behavior is justified. These cops that I've seen in these clips, they don't have any interest in protecting or serving anybody. They think that they're fighting these people, whether the people are kneeling on the ground whether the people are standing there chanting and singing or whether people are breaking windows or acting the fucking fool. They see them all as just one enemy. And I don't know if the logic is, you know what, we got to fucking hit them hard and take them the fuck out before they, you know, as they're kneeling and protesting, hit them fucking hard so they don't turn into window breaking looters. I mean, I don't fucking know what the thought process is. I know, like I said, when I used to bounce, they would tell you, hey man, if anybody starts anything, you put them down and drag them the fuck out because there's more of them than there are of us. And you make sure that they don't fucking get control of the room. That's the whole deal. You have to sit on any fuckhead to make sure he doesn't go crazy. But again, that's at a concert. And also that, you know, they would talk like that. And in my brain, I'd just be like, fucking wah, wah, whatever. I'm here to let people have a good time. I'm checking IDs. I'm telling people not to fucking smoke. If somebody assaults somebody, then I get involved. Or if somebody assaults me, we got a problem. But as far as just fucking taking dudes out at the knees and running them out of the, I mean, I hated that fucking idea. People are going to a concert or a show for a good fucking time. These people are going to protests, certainly not for a good time, but to be heard and to make their voices heard because it's, they've, they haven't been heard their whole fucking lives.
And cops, rather than understanding, they just fucking break heads. And I don't know if this is what happened in 68. I don't know. You know, I know stuff that happened in, in 94. Um, and and I, I can't speak to it because I don't know the thought process. Like I said, in, in the small amount of time that I was bouncing at concerts in fucking places, it, the theory was, you know, you have to fucking fix something quick so you don't lose the room. There's, there's more of them than there are of us. And I guess maybe that's what the cops are thinking, but they're initiating all this shit. There's just people standing there fucking when, so this fucking fathead in Philadelphia tackles this chick in the fucking crosswalk and they film him and you can hear them say his name, uh, which I'll get to in a second. So they fucking take, he takes that chick out. Then the next day, there's another clip from another fucking like a sidewalk or a park. And it's just people walking. They're not doing anything. There's fucking milling around. Look, there's a bunch of people. Yeah. And this fucking dude. He just he just shoves a dude in the neck with his baton like a fucking like like holds it in front of him like you would a uh uh how do I explain like it's not a squeegee like you hold both ends of the baton and he just fucking takes this dude into the Adam's apple and then all of a sudden then of course chaos starts because people are like ah and they start trump some, some try to run some try to pull their friend out of the scrum some try to move and do a whatever the fuck and this dude this fat guy just tackles a guy and then he, he hits another guy and the guy almost gets away but then him and two other cops swarm the fucking guy. And the, and they hold them down. And again, they they just don't give a fuck that they could be identified because this cop got identified. And, uh, and brace yourselves. You've probably seen it. But if you haven't, I'm about to tell you what can only be the most stereotypical cop name this side of Joseph Hippie Beater. I mean, literally, it's just this fucking guy is Joey Baloney. And that's not a fucking joke. Joey Bologna. He might maybe maybe it's Bologna, but I think it's Bologna. Joey Bologna. B-O-L-O-G-N-A. My Bologna has a first name. It's fuck those hippies up. My Bologna has a second name. It's file pile your fat ass on somebody on the crosswalk. I love to see him every day as he punches a hippie in the mouth. I'll say, oh my God, my day's been ruined by B-O-L-O-G. Fucking A. Jesus Christ. So he's, but he's, like I said, he's got a sequel. This motherfucker, he's the Jackie Chan of fucking of bad cop clips because he was starred in one and he's like, I'm a star. I'm going to go. And then he's got that bad Philly fucking dopey cop accent and he's just fucking yelling. You're like, Jesus, fuck, man. What a mess. But he's being filmed and he knows he's being filmed and he doesn't give a fuck. And then his name comes out and then it turns out he's like a, something called a staff inspector or something like that. He makes $127,000 a year. That fucking guy. And, and he looks like he just looks like a walking desk job. You know what I mean? He's just all fat. The kind of flat foot you'd say in the old days, you know, but I think he's probably been behind a desk pushing pencils for however fucking long since the move bombing. And now he's just like, oh, you know what? I got to get out there. I, get a, I got to get out there in the action. I can't do a fucking Philly accent, but he has to get out. And so now he's flexing his muscles, thinks he's tough. And, and I, I look, I don't, I don't know. I, 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 <laughs> I can't imagine all of these cops want to fuck people up, but you see them all fucking people up in every goddamn city in LA. You see cops in fucking cop cars running dudes over, like driving into barricades and shit. I saw a thing tonight. I think it was in LA and it was just two, these three people were walking and the two cop cars came and they got out and they're holding the one girl. They got her on her knees and then they got another girl. They're fucking zip tying her wrists. And they're not cop cars. They're like unmarked cars with no license plates. And it's just dude in fucking like riot gear. And they grab this chick and they throw her in the backseat. And her friends are like, who are you? Where are you going? And they're like, hey, if you mess with us, you'll get shot. And they're like, who, who are you? Where are you fucking taking our friend? What are you doing? And they just slam the doors and they drive off. There's no badge. There's no fucking lights. 
I mean, do you understand like the malfeasance that can be going on out there right now? Because I'll tell you what, you see these fucking dudes outside the White House. They got no badges. They got no name tags. And the reporters and the people ask him, hey, who are you? Where are you from? Scarity. What is it? It's classified. We're just here. We're just here. We're, we're taking care. We're, 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 out. we're working. We're fine. Like they won't answer any fucking questions. And when I see like the dudes at the White House who are there and they, they, they look a lot like those fucking militia dudes. You know what I mean? Like the bad fucking gym coach brush mustache and the, and the weird high and tights and uh, the the paunch gut. And, and I, I just, I don't know, man. I mean, they're not cops because they would say, they, I mean, look, you don't have to identify yourself. That's all bullshit from the 60s TV shows. But at the same fucking time, these dudes are just lined up fucking 10 deep outside of the White House with no fucking identification. They won't tell you where they're from and they get to fucking hit people with impunity and take people the fuck out. When I saw that chick get disappeared tonight, I fucking got a sick feeling in my stomach because, again, anybody could right now, anyone could just fucking pull up with three of his friends and grab a chick and throw her in the car and go, yeah, no, we're taking her in for rioting or whatever, zip tie her wrists, and you never fucking see her again. And then I would, you know, I saw people share this clip and they were like, oh, this is the stuff that happened in Chile under Pinochet. And this is the stuff that happens in juntas. And I'm just like, Jesus, fuck, is that where we're at? Is this a junta? Why didn't anybody tell me it was going to be a junta? You know, I came into 2020 all excited. I was ready for this year, lost some weight, got into fighting shape shows in Ireland, and a fucking junta shows up? Nobody wants a goddamn junta. Who invited you, junta? You know, a coup I would have settled for. That's fine. That's not even with the people. Just fucking overthrow Trump and whatever the fuck. I can deal with a coup. But a junta? God damn it. A poli- you know, a police action. Just give me a small police action. That's over quick. Let's, let's just fucking uh, uh, Korea this joint, right? But no, I got to get a fucking junta, a full blown. Nobody wants that shit. Or do we? Or does that or is that what we want? I keep hearing that too. Oh, you know what? This country wants a fascist. This country wants a strong man. No, no, we don't. Not at all. I see polls coming out now and they're like, well, uh, 65% of the people are, are against what's going on and 37% of the people do approve it. And I'm like, well, who, I don't know who's approving this shit. Someone under the cover of darkness and with their hand over the phone. So nobody in their, their neighbors don't know that they're fascist assholes. But at the same fucking time, I, I, I know that there is an unshakable 35% of the people in this country who will go along with any dumb fucking thing that President Fuckneck says to do. Seriously, it doesn't matter. He'll be like, hey, I think everybody should come to the White House and dig me a pool on the front lawn. All right, done. We're in. Yay. Woohoo. Happy to do it. Got our Confederate flag cozies and our stupid fucking shirts that say, don't tread on me. But you can tread on us all you want as long as you're fucking punching the right people in the goddamn head. What a bunch of fucking strokes. What a mess. God damn it. And and it's just, you know, and I, I like I told you, I was looking at fucking apartments in Kitchener and I'm like, should I leave? Like, I'm genuinely like I looked at a gun. I, I looked up guns the other day looking at Glocks. Uh, my buddy Eric says I shot the Magnum better than any of the other guns. So I'm like, well, do I get a Magnum? But I mean, if I get a Magnum, who the fuck am I at that point? Like I'm trying to get a gun for safety and all of a sudden I'm buying some fetish object like that. Just, it just some gun, the size of a fucking Bobby Billy bass on a plaque. I'll make that fucker sing. <laughs> Plus you got to reload a Magnum. Well, I mean, I guess you got to reload a Glock too, but that's the clip, right? Chink, chink, chink. That's all I got to do. Dude, I can't just buy a gun because here's the thing. I looked into it and there's a shooting range by my house and they've got classes and shit. And I'm like, all right, maybe I'll do that. You know when their classes are? Nine o'clock on a Saturday morning. Do you think I'm going to be able to see the fucking target nine o'clock on a Saturday morning? Are you kidding? I'll be a bleary eyed fuck. I'll shoot the instructor in the thigh and go to fucking jail. I can't do that. 
Some guy runs out. Like, because I don't know how it works. Again, I was at the shooting range once. Do they have a guy who picks up shell casings like the kid at the golf fucking range? Guy at the driving range who picks up all the golf balls. He's driving around in that fucking thing with the protective case over it. What if that's the thing? There's just a dude fucking head to toe Kevlar picking up shell casings while you're shooting. That'd be fun. That's a good job to have. Some cop gets his kid in there to learn to hate people. Fucking unreal. But yeah, so it's open. The classes are at nine o'clock. I'm like, how the fuck am I going to learn anything at nine o'clock? Get fucked. Plus, I would rent a gun from them, which also that just sounds gross. I didn't like if I don't want to rent shoes, at the bowling alley, I want to rent a fucking killing implement. I don't know what this gun's been implicated in. And also that's that's the perfect setup. I'm sure this has happened a million times. Some fuckhead comes in there, rents a gun and goes, hee hee, look at me. He shoots a target and goes, hey, I'm a crack shot. And the guy goes, great. Takes a handkerchief, pulls the gun out, kills a guy that night, plants it at the scene. And the guy who was at the range earlier goes to fucking jail. And they find the target in his house with all the fucking holes in it. And they're like, oh, you must have been a crack shot, huh? Well, you put three in this guy's fucking heart. And the guy's, I'm innocent. Meanwhile, the guy who works at the gun range is like, ha ha, I'm the secret killer. I don't care for this business. So I'm going to go there now and get my fingerprints all over everything and get fucking, especially when they listen to this fucking show, because that's just, that's just a cop Starbucks, a shooting range. You know what I mean? I'm going to show up there just like eight dudes hanging out, having coffee and talking about murdering black people. I'm going to be like, Hey, how you doing? I just came along to learn how to shoot stuff. They're like, okay, uh, check this gun here. And I fucking shoot. The cops take it for evidence. They plant it at the scene of a riot. And it turns out I gunned down everybody in California. Not just one. I killed all of the protesters who've been shot. Yeah. It's this guy is a crack shot. We saw him. Uh, I, so I, I can't go to a class at nine in the fucking morning, but I will not buy a gun without learning how to use the fucking thing. That's not going to fucking happen. I can't just bring it home and just be like, we, you know, it's not like, cause I look, I've made plenty of impulse purchases. I mean, I, dude, I'm going to buy a gun. I, I literally have an instant pot I've used once. I'm going to fucking go ahead and buy a gun. Like I can go ahead and use that. That's not happening. I got a toaster oven. I never fucking use. I'm going to go ahead and buy a gun at this point, please. Um, and just like when you get an Apple product, you're not going to buy Apple, but then you got to buy the Apple Care, you got to buy all this other shit. Well, the gun, I got to buy a gun, I got to buy a holster, I got to buy a fucking safe box for my house so I can hide the fucking thing when I come home from working out there at Rampart Division uh, on my own, because that's what I'm going to be. I'm going to be a vigilante. That's what I'm going to do now. If I get a gun, you know, because if I get a gun, I'm committing to the life. I'm going straight fucking Frank Castle. I can't fuck around. And I don't know who I'll shoot. I don't know who I'll kill, but I'll just, I'll just be out there seething. <laughs> That's because you get that. When you buy a gun, you automatically get seething. It goes right into your bloodstream and you're just mad at everybody. Who the fuck wants a gun? But I looked, I fucking Googled it. I stared. I looked at the, you know, because that's another thing too. I'm like, hey, what's the top guns for beginners? So Google's a nightmare because they give you 10 ads right up top. And also there's these magazines that'll be like Bullet Festival Weekly. And you're like, oh, Jesus. So you go and look on that. And it turns out it's owned by the NRA. And you're like, oh, okay, great. Uh, Magnoscope shoot 'em ups uh, dot tribune. I'm like, all right. So I go there. Same deal. NRA owns all of them. And they're, and they're always have these things where it's like, well, so you want to buy a gun. It's like an old film strip when we were in fifth grade. Hey, Billy, I've heard you've had trouble with some bullies. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. Gee, what can I do about it? Well, Billy, let's go walking and talking at the gun range. Uh, dee, 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 dee. Uh, I can't buy a gun. I can't, right? I, but I have to. You gotta. I can't, you know, I want to be Michael Caine in the woods. I want to have just fucking smoke dope and harbor fucking Clive Owen when he shows up and then get killed in the ensuing ma- miasma. But I, 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 but I can't, I guess I got a gun and shoot it out. Right. Fucking blast my way to Kitchener. That's what I got to do. Wherever the fuck I can go stay Toronto. I don't know, man. I, cause I, I looked at shooting the guns are all there and they want a Glock and there's a Taurus and a fucking nine millimeter. And then there's a 22 and I, and I got news for you. Like, 
I'm not buying a 22. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not buying a pussy gun. No offense, but I know every time I watch some old cop show and they pull out that little 38 snub nose, I'm like, you fucking pussies. You're going to get fucking mowed down by the goddamn equipment everybody's got now, which is, you know, I'm honestly, uh, Joe Friday's not fighting anybody with fucking automatic weapons. So he, a 38 was just fine. He was just busting Blue Boy and every other goddamn acid dopehead freak in the 60s. But uh, now the firepower is a little more fucking prominent. So I got to do something to try to keep up with the Joneses, man. And the Joneses all have fucking Gatling guns. Uh, so maybe I get two guns. Maybe I get that. Get a couple of holsters, fucking pack them. Get a side side piece. Maybe I get an ankle holster. What if I got five guns? Uh, you know what? I heard I, I I'm just gonna get 30 goddamn guns. What if I do that? Uh, you know what? Maybe I get 68 guns. <laughs> 68 guns, beep. the alarm. Uh, I can't buy a gun. I can't do that. But I will if I have to. I guess just because you know why? Just because in case any of this goes fucking completely tits up, or even that the zombies show up, and they might. That's another fucking thing. Who knows what the fuck's gonna come now in this year? We've still got the germ lurking. Now we got the fucking riots with the rogue cops beating the fuck out of everybody and doing their what they can to disappear people. And then we knew there were aliens, like I said, like a month ago. And, and, and they haven't shown up. They're still lurking and checking out what's going on to see how it all breaks bad. So would you be surprised at all if fucking zombies came or if the dead rose from the fucking graves or if animals just became like, like we had murder hornets. I heard about that, right? So we talked about that on here in the show. What if the murder hornets just, there was like a thousand of them and they, they, they had, they were brains like together. Like one murder hornet doesn't hurt anybody, but then they get into like a gang of a thousand and they become smart. So then they know what to fucking go do and dispatch people. So then we got to deal with murder hornets swooping in. Now, maybe the murder hornets got it in for the cops. What there was a way that the hippies could go ahead. And it's not hippies. I know it's black guys and whatever the fuck it's people. It's not even black guys. It's people. There's fucking people out there trying to get the world to change, man. And if somehow they can harness the power of the murder hornets, I would feel a lot better about it. Cops got guns and fucking rubber bullets and tear gas and whatever the fuck else. If we somehow could harness the power of the murder hornets, what if they let us put them in a slingshot? What if the, the murder hornets let us just like we could make them in, the, in a, like a cannonball and put them in a slingshot and shoot them directly at the cops. They just fucking sting them through their Kevlar. They all go down sad. Ah, oh, man, this is the move. I fuck buying guns. I'm going to buy a bug farm. I'm going to you know what? I can train the bugs to be smart. That takes a lot of work. I, I didn't even want to go to a class at nine in the morning. Now I'm all of a sudden a fucking... I'm, I'm Mrs. Grundy for bugs. I can't be that guy. I'm going to teach murder hornets to be smart because here's the thing. I got to teach murder hornets to be smart and to hate cops. Well, because again, the murder hornets are probably predisposed to help out the cops. So I've got to flip them on that. I, I got to get them at the larval stage. And then I just got to keep playing NWA's fuck the police. <laughs> that, that's what I got to do. I got to just play. I got to get fucking murder hornets in their larval stage and store them in a fucking brown paper bag or whatever the fuck and just play fuck the police over and over as they grow up. And then when they get older, they'll be like, ah, there's Mike. He fed us a bunch of stuff. I'll be like the cross-eyed guy in fucking Science of the Lambs. I fed him nightshade and took care of him. Ah, it's perfect. And then all of a sudden they fucking, I, I go outside. I'm like the willer to fucking murder hornets. I'm like, fly my pretties. You ever, you ever see? Because again, you could do that shit, right? I could probably train bugs to listen to me and do what the fuck I say. They do it with pigeons. Pigeons are nothing more. They're just like a step above murder hornets. They're just they're just flying rats, as we all know. And they're filthy. And they carry the bubonic plague and whatever the fuck. And then and here's the thing that I don't understand. They must be susceptible to being talked to to humans and controlled because they're filthy. They're filthy, dirty animals. So normally wouldn't have anything to do with them. But it turns out they're good at delivering the mail. Like, I mean, how that's a fucking weird talent, right? Because there are some birds like eagles are good at being on a coin. All right. Good for you. That's great. You look terrific. Falcons are good at landing on your arm. All right. Perfect. I like that. That sounds good. 
Uh, and it turns out that fucking pigeons are good for delivering the mail. And so humans are like, all right, we'll take advantage of that. Yes, but they also carried fucking horrible diseases. Like there's like bed bugs and, and like pigeon worms and all sorts of shit that climb in your fucking ears. And you're like, I don't care, man. This letter's got to get across town. I don't want to pay for a postage stamp. You know what the cost of a forever stamp is these days? I'd much rather risk bird cancer by sending this motherfucker to take my note across town. I don't know, man. I can't buy a gun. I'll take hornets but I can't decide what to do. Like I, and I, I think about leaving genuinely. I, I know I make jokes about it, but in my head, I'm like, what if by the end of the year, like I could take off, where would I go? Actually, it was funny. Uh, Ahmad wrote me a note and he just said, Hey man, uh, I've been watching the TV and you should probably head to Mexico or something and get a job like wrestling midget wrestlers or something, get a gimmick and join the circuit, whatever the fuck gets you out of town. Now I was a little hurt that that's, he thought that was all I could do. But fine. But then I wrote him back and I went, yeah, um, it's falling apart here. I said, let me ask you this. Do you need a, you need a butler or a valet or a faithful manservant? Uh, <laughs> let me know. And he wrote me back. He's like, uh, you know what? You could definitely be my family's driver, which I do not know if that was a parasite reference. Uh, but if it was, I, I wrote him back anyway. And I said, look, I don't know if that's a parasite reference, but I will not wear an Indian headdress at a picnic. Just letting you know at an outdoor gathering, it will not happen. Um, like I would love to move to Japan, but I mean, obviously that's never going to fucking happen because I don't know the language and all that kind of shit. Like I, I, I want to talk to my buddy, Zach, who's a listener to the show. Like I want to reach out to him and see how he did it when he went and taught English. I could teach English in Japan, right? Uh, I, I hope I know English. I know a lot of words, right? I could teach him like, you know, <laughs> I know a bunch. I could just play this show for them. And they'd be like, oh, I'd be like the Russell Ziski of Japan. That'd be fucking awesome. I met her on a Monday and my heart stood still. Da do run, 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 da do run, run. I could do that. Anybody could fucking do that. Bye bye. Uh, so I could go to Japan, right? I could do that. I could make that work. Kuwait is, is certainly on my list. Uh, Canada is is probably the number one because everybody there's still, you know, I can fit in there. And I, I know a few people. And, uh, and it's close enough that if I ever, you know, like if I accidentally left my wallet here, I could come back and get it. (laughs) Oh no. I think I left my wallet in America. (laughs) All right. Let's go over the border, figure it out. Canada might still be, it might be too close though, because I will still be close enough for the, to see the fires because this country is getting burned to the fucking ground. Where else could I go? I can go to Hawaii because that's at least off the fucking mainland. But also, I don't know. They got shit going on over there, too. They got they got all sorts of like, isn't it like the islanders don't like humans or uh, not humans? Fuck uh, like people from uh, like non-islanders. How about that? Let's just say it that way. It makes much more sense. I don't fucking know. And Alaska. I can't go to fucking Alaska. Jesus Christ. Alaska. That makes sense because that's actually where you just go to fucking disappear. Alaska is a fucking mess. Uh, Alaska, Alaska is just like the phantom zone. It's a, you know what? But it's it's like America's phantom zone, Alaska. But it's like a voluntary phantom zone where you commit yourself. You climb, you climb into the cellophane pane yourself and fly yourself to fucking Alaska, so nobody will ever fucking see you again, man. Alaska is the kind of joint, man, where like like nobody has an address, but everybody has a manifesto. That's fucking Alaska for you. It's just a whole bunch of people fucking they just, yeah, man, I live where I live in Alaska. Where at? Nah, in a house. Where in a house? Nah, <laughs> don't ask me. You you stay down here and don't fucking worry about it. I, I you know, if you it, tell you what, if you see three moose turn right and maybe you'll find me, maybe, maybe, probably not, though. 
<laughs> and by the way, watch your mailbox. I'm going to send you 18 hand scrawled pages about why fucking Nikolai Tesla was fucking robbed. It's like, okay, good for you, buddy. I look forward to that coming to my fucking house. Oh, Christ. I don't know, man. I can't. And, and then I, I watch this stuff. I feel like Axel Rose in the fucking Welcome to the Jungle video where he's this clockwork orange on the fucking chair and he's just got a soup strainer on his head and he's shaking as they're making him watch all the violence on fucking television. And I just, I consume it. I do. Because I, you know what? I want to see what's happening. I don't want to turn a blind eye to this bullshit. There are brave people out there changing this fucking world. And, and, and I think to myself, because I've thought about it. I'm like, oh man, should I go? Should I head down to one of the protests? And I'm like, the fuck am I going to do down there? Seriously, I, I, that can't happen. I can't show up. Cause I'm, I'm 52 and fat and the germ is still lurking and it is looking for fat guys, fat old guys are who get taken down by the germ. So I'll get the fucking germ will kneecap me and send me down a fucking ventilator. And I can't do this country any good from a fucking ventilator, but I thought about it. I wanted to be there, but also then I see the clips and, uh, and, and you, you fill with rage. When you see a child get pepper sprayed or you see a woman get fucking punched in the face by a cop or you see any of that shit where fucking innocent people who are just trying to purport a change in the, the land that they want to love are being abused constantly, man. And you want to be there and you want to be hands on. You want to help people. You want to protect them. Um, but what the fuck am I going to do? Because I because I look, I, I got news for you. And I don't think it's even news to you. I think you know it. I, I would go down there and I would do what I could to, you know, be part of it or whatever. And once the shit hit the fan and all the stuff started flying, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to like, you know, first of all, you're, I'd have to run. I got to run away and I'm not gonna be able to do that. I'm fucking a giant. Again, the last three months have not been kind. The quarantine has not been kind. Like if I was still if I was February, the end of February, me and I continue to make my progress and stuff, then it'd be fine. I'd feel better about it. But now. I'm just fucking fat and winded all the goddamn time. So I'd just get fucking tackled, which would be no good if I tried to run. But then also I wouldn't want to run. I would want to stay and fucking hit people like anything. Like I see these guys on the front of the line and the fucking cops just start hitting them with the batons and the, and the people look at them just with these faces. Like, what are you doing? Why I'm standing here? I'm not fucking doing anything. And I see, you know, like most everybody, I see the injustice in that. And so I would want to fucking blindside some cop, just run and knock him over on his ass and just stand on top, you know, just fucking straddle him, get the mount and just start elbowing him in his fucking riot gear face. But then all of a sudden I'm dead. I get nine guys who fuck me up and drag me. Because again, like I said, I'm not tough. I'm big and mad. And I, you can be and big and mad is effective for about 15 seconds. And then all of a sudden dudes show up with tasers and fucking batons and they take you the fuck down and, uh, and I, I know putting myself in that position would be leading myself into a bad place because I would want to become physically active in either protecting people from the threat or confronting the threat as it was taking place. And I'm not saying that in a, I'm a hero way. I'm not saying that in some, uh, well, if only I were there to keep the peace way. No, cause I would get fucked up. I'm not, I'm not sitting here be like, I would kill those cops. Uh-huh. Fuck the police. No, 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 no. Please make no mistake. I would blast the shit out of one of them. I would knock him flying. I would, if I would, if, if I had to do a fucking like running downhill, whatever the fucking just fucking body block this fucking guy. Cause I'm just big and mad. I'm big enough to do damage if I knock somebody down and then I would just be fucking swarmed. So it's not like I would be, you know, I'm like, I'd be a hero. I'd just be stupid because I wouldn't be able to control myself and I would get into some kind of physical altercation. Then I would get fucked up 
and I have no health insurance. I don't know if you're aware of this. I, that's why, look, I've hidden in my house. I, I haven't even gone back to the gym. I've considered going back to the gym, but I keep going, dude, the germ, it lurks. And you are fat and you are, are old and you have no health insurance. Those are, that is a hat trick of, of that makes the germ smile. He wants to come for you, man. So I've done my best to stay in the house, you know, and, and, and not tempt it, not tempt fate. And, uh, and that's, I will say this though. We've all, you know what? Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, we saw these fucking idiots that are out there like, I want to get a manicure. Here's an AR 15 to back up my claims. Whatever the fuck. And we were all like, Hey, ass fucks, you're spreading the disease. So now you see these protests taking place all over the country. And a lot of those same people from three weeks ago are like, Oh, I thought we were supposed to socially distance. It looks like these protesters aren't worried about any. And it's like, you know what? This is cause this is what people do. They weaponize this shit. They both sides it. Well, I, I guess it's good enough for you, but not good enough for me. And uh, shut the fuck up. You know why people are in the fucking street trying to change the fucking world. And you know what? They're risking getting sick. Like you didn't think you were going to get sick. You're like, oh, I demand the right to buy a snow cone. Yeah, open the buildings. Baskin and Robbins, listen to me. But these people, they're not out shopping. They're not making their voices heard to change the fucking world. And you know what? It is changing the fucking world. Because protests are happening in Canada. Protests in France. Protests in the Netherlands. All over the fucking place. There are people out protesting this. Painting murals. Holding signs. And this is, this is goodwill that's been engendered by the people here who are taking to the streets every single fucking day to fight for something that they believe in. And... I, I I haven't lived through something like this. I'm 52, and 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 my knowledge, I haven't really lived through anything like this that I think is going to change the world going forward. Certainly, change the nation in which I live for now. Um, and it's history, and it's astonishing to live through, and and. Jesus fucking Christ, how painful is living through history? Nobody wants to live through history. You know what I want to live through? I want to live through fucking candy bars and Netflix. That's what I want to fucking live through. I want to live through baseball season and fantasy baseball and making trades and wee. That's what I want to do. I don't want to live through history. I don't I don't want the birthing pains. I'm not I'm not one of these fucking guys. You know, I I told you, like I don't I don't give a fuck about the flag. I I don't give a shit about that at all. I just I think you should be kind and good to people. And when I see the New York Police Department put out a fucking piece of paper that says, hey, the war on New York will continue in the body of their fucking text, you just go, Jesus Christ, is that what this is to you guys? A fucking war on New York? I understand that you're itching to use all of the military-grade weapons and shit you've been buying for years and years, just emptying the fucking stockade of every goddamn gas grenade you've bought from any other fucking rogue element over the fucking years, but you're just... You're just making it worse because we see you. Everybody sees you, man. They see what you're fucking doing. And, and I will say this too. There are people all the time who say stuff like vote. You should just vote and change it. And, and, and uh, look, man, <laughs> this is not the time. All right, this is not the time to start with the, hey, just vote, and hey, the Dems will fix it. No, 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 they fucking won't. This is deeper than Democrat-Republican. This is deeper. This goes deep into the fucking soil of this country. This goes into the into the fucking 
the, to the roots of the tallest trees, into the foundations of the oldest homes. This goes directly into the graves of the patriots of the past who maybe weren't as good as we thought they were because they were fucking owning slaves, founding fathers, whoever the fuck. This is, this is as old as their fucking bones, man. And don't tell me you're going to vote for a guy who's going to fucking change it. Because look, we all know what Joe Biden is. And, and, I, and I will say this, look, I, I, I planned on possibly writing in Bernie here in fucking California just because I figured California was a fait accompli and Biden was going to win it. Uh, and he, and it wouldn't matter, but I, now I don't even fucking know what's going to happen. I don't know. Cause I don't know the rules of the electoral college. And I don't know if my vote, what if I'm the one vote who doesn't fucking, who doesn't, who makes the difference? You know what I mean? I'll be so fucking crazy. I, I, cause I don't want to vote for Joe Biden. I do not. I think he's a fucking clown. I'm not a fan. Uh, I think he was a good man 30 years ago, maybe. But I don't know. Then I read he had a crime bill that was terrible. And, and you know, he, he said dumb things. He's plagiarized stuff. He's a lifetime fucking politician. And he is not anybody's fifth choice. But he's what we got. And and they put the hit out on Bernie on Super Fucking Tuesday and took him out. And he's completely off the national radar now he pops up in my twitter stream occasionally going this will not stand let, let me tell you something there is no way that these people should be out and terrible things should be happening i don't know why bill lugosi is playing bernie in my sketch but he is uh and you know this is a guy who should be at the forefront we should be hearing his voice but the dems obviously have a strategy and that strategy is let trump hang himself don't come out and say a fucking word let this guy step in it and let it crawl up his fucking leg. And right when the fucking quicksand is nothing but the top of his stupid fucking wig, then step forward and go, we can fix it, which is fucking dumb. But at the same fucking time, Trump is such a fuckhead. Like, again, I don't like Biden, but Biden, like Biden wore a mask. See that? It was like Memorial Day or some shit like that. He's walking around wearing a mask and they're fucking all the Republicans made fun of him. To this day, it's a talking point for Trump. He's like, oh, I see Sleepy Joe out there. Hey, Sleepy Joe, he's out there. He's wearing a mask. And, uh, you know, I, it's funny. I don't know why he's wearing a mask. You know, there's nobody around, but he's wearing a mask because he's 97 years old and the germ wants him. The germ is lurking. The germ wants to take him. And it's almost like this weird thing where Trump's trying to trick him into taking off the mask so he can fight the germ one-on-one. And it's like, fuck you, you old fucking fat fuck. What the fuck are you doing? Who cares? Just because you're sold your soul to the fucking devil and the germ for some inexplicable reason won't take you. The Big Macs won't take you. An Adderall fucking overdose won't fucking take you. Syphilis won't fucking take you. You're unkillable. It's ridiculous. I don't get it. You're not even going to leave the fucking White House. They're going to have to tie a rope around you and drag you out like one of these Confederate fucking statues. Jesus, guy, die already. Why is it not happening? But he survives. And so he challenges Biden. No, you should take your mask off, Sleepy Joe, you fucking dick. And then uh, and then I see the picture of Biden with the mask on. And uh, this, is, this sounds so stupid. Biden hasn't looked that good in, in two years. The whole campaign, Biden hasn't looked as good as he does with the mask. Because it, cl- it, it cuts his old, weird... Dorian Gray face in half. You know what I mean? So you just see, you just see semi kind eyes and then a huge fucking badass blast mask. You're like, all right, we kind of, I guess he kind of looks like old Bane. He could be kind of an old version of Bane, I suppose. And also it's just to see Biden. Cause again, every time I see Biden, 
he talks in his mouth and his fucking spit and there's like uh, his teeth are sliding around in his mouth like they're on a slip and slide. And thankfully the mask is there. So I see him in the mask and it's the first time I've seen him where I'm not worried that his teeth are going to come flying out of his mouth like a goddamn shuriken. You know what I mean? It's just his fucking dental plate comes out and spins and goes into goddamn uh, John Saxon's chest. I can't have that. So he's wearing the mask. He looked good in the mask. Go ahead and wear the mask. Do me a favor. Wear the mask till fucking November. Don't say a fucking word. Because Trump is busy just stepping on rakes. But the problem is, like I said, there's 35% of the people in this country are like, yeah, step on those rakes, buddy. It's awesome. Oh, dude. Because I'll tell you what, I would love nothing more than to laugh at Trump. I want to so bad. But he's such a dangerous fuckhead, you can't. You're like, oh, you fuckneck. Really? You're doing this dumb shit? This fucking, if he was not so dangerous, literally, he would be hilarious. Today, he said that, that he was talking about the, he was trying like he was going to talk about the jobs report, but he couldn't. And he was talking about the fucking National Guard and some dumb shit. And he's like, it's a great day. And he said, I think George Floyd is looking down now and he thinks it's a great day. It's a great day for him. It's a great day for all of us. And I'm like, how do reporters not laugh in this guy's face? What the fuck are you talking about? You fucking sponge brain. You addled fuck. Ridiculous. And yet he just talks and talks and talks and, and gets away with it. He gets that fucking Bible walk where he fucking they gas the protesters so he could walk out and pose in front of a fucking church. Who's that fooling? Who is that fooling? You know who this fucking guy is after three and a half years. I mean, you know who he is after 75 years, but after three and a half years as president, he doesn't know anything about the Bible. He doesn't give a fuck about church. He knows photo ops and bullshit and you let him get away with it. Oh, there's again, there's that 35% of hardcore trailer trash fucking crack smoking motherfuckers who are just like, yeah, go ahead and make the libs mad. And also suburban housewives and fucking truck driving guys. And then look, I know you're going to be, everybody's going to write me and be like, you know, I like Trump and fuck you. Yeah, I know. I get it. That's fine. But if you still like him, you're fucking crazy. I know you're going to give me the fucking, because I get this. People write me and they're just like, you don't understand. It's like, uh, I hate all politicians and it's funny to have him like trigger the libs. And that. Why? Why is that funny? Everything is ruined. This is fucking awful. This this is like if you, you know what? It, it's like if you hired Dennis Hopper's alcoholic basketball coach from Hoosiers to chaperone your teenager's party. And, and he's... Just doing fucking beer bongs with all of them. He's getting fucking plowed. He's ass up in the pool. They're fucking destroying the house. Are you going to come back the next day and just go, ha ha, yeah, all right. That was the right guy to put in charge. Just he's he's ruining everything. And look, this country didn't have far to go to be ruined. That's the problem as we're finding out. Every business had $5 in the bank when the fucking pandemic hit. So they're all like, oh my God, we're going under. Please bail us out. Every oil company, every fucking fracking company, every other bullshit company is just like, ah, oh, man, we only had enough money for four days. Could you send us like $400 million? Okay, here you go. Okay, cool. So our, our CEO is going to get $250 million of that right off the top. Now that leaves us $150 million, so that's pretty cool. But we have 10 middle uh, vice presidents. They all get $15 million each. So could you give us another $100 million? That would help. Okay, here you go. That's all it does. They print money and send shit, the money to these fuckheads, and, they're just, and they just keep ripping it in half and burning it. And then they're going to come back in five years and want more right now. Major league baseball is having a huge fight because the owners are trying to get the players to give back money. And it's like, you billionaires, man, you're 30 fucking billionaires who own baseball teams. And they pretend like they're supposed to make money every year or they won't have baseball. Like they think 
They're in it to, to just make money. Like they're not, you know, they don't give a fuck about winning. And we know this. Owners don't give a fuck about winning. They don't give a fuck about the MVP or home runs or any of that bullshit. They're trying to make as much money as they possibly fucking can. And that's fine. You're a capitalist fuckhead with no soul. We get it. But I always hear this speech that the owners are the ones taking all the risk. Well, it's their, it's their business. They're taking all the risk. That's fine. Well, this is the year the risk showed up. So it looks like you got to eat it for a year. Well, no, no, no. The players need to do that too. No, 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 no. Because the players aren't partners. You tell me that they're, you know, because for their union and their employees, if they're employees, they don't have to fucking take anything. You reached an agreement in March and now you're trying to renege on that fucking agreement. and It's not going to fucking happen. And then I, of course, but the reason they think they're going to win and they, you know, who knows if they will or they won't is because every fucking dumb fuck out there, every, everybody who still opens their fucking beer can with a goddamn handheld can opener Every, every Schlitz drinker in the fucking world is like, these fucking millionaires who play a game, I'm never going to watch baseball again, these greedy SOBs. It's like, why aren't the owners billionaires? Why aren't they greedy? Well, they take all the risk, right? Well, this is the year the risk showed up. The risk showed up in the form of a germ and global unrest. And guess what? This is the year you don't make any money. Sorry, baseball. Why don't you just go ahead and rest on the profits you made when you sold $2 billion of your fucking footage to Bamtech, that thing you sold to Disney? What the fuck? But no. Everybody excuses the owners. Everybody goes and argues for them. You know why? Because the owners are fucking white and rich. And this fucking whole country thinks that they're going to be white and rich. All, every white dude is told, well, you know, I better take care of these millionaires because when I'm a millionaire, I don't want to be coming after my money. I don't want to pay high taxes. What the fuck? Are you kidding me? You're not going to be a millionaire. You're, you're, you're looking at discount TVs, you fuck. Are you kidding me? Not going to happen. But everybody thinks it is. Everybody thinks they're going to win the Powerball. They're going to bring some fucking money home. And I'll say this: this actually, this is totally true. Since all this shit has started, like there's, a, like there's a, I think it's the Mega Millions. Nobody's won it since like the fucking germ showed up. I think it's at like four hundred million dollars. And in my head, I'm like, is this a real? I mean, are they doing this on purpose? Like, because they don't want to give somebody the four hundred million? I don't know. I, I mean, and because again, you. You look for angles all over the place and everybody else has got this fucking bullshit where they're trying to find out, oh, oh, conspiracy here or there's this and whatever. And I don't know. I don't know. But Trump is such a fuck neck. He's so terrible. And you want to laugh. Like I said, he's like Barney Fife. One bullet, hands shaking, thinks he's an authority figure. He's so fucking stupid. He just want to laugh at him. But then he, he gasses a bunch of fucking Hispanic people or whatever the fuck in an ice prison. And you're like, you dick. You're, you're, you you could have had such a great chance to just be a fucking stupid funny guy, but instead you're this guy. It's a great day for George Floyd looking down. Yeah, sure it is. Just just knowing that you're at the microphone comforts George, you fucking asshole. So fucking terrible. But the choice, I because again, look, again, I'm not a Biden guy at all. We know this from weeks and weeks. Biden is the creakiest, oldest dude who they don't even fucking, like he, he just... He he looks like Tony Perkins' mom and fucking psycho hair willy-nilly all over the fucking joint. Those teeth are just glaring in your fucking face. Nice veneers. Jesus, God. Just what are they made of? Whale bone? Those are some shiny fucking choppers, Biden. But he's the choice. He's the guy you got to go with. Because literally, it's the worst choice ever. It's so bad. And I'm, you're mad at Democrats. But again, they don't fucking know any better. Pelosi's a fucking idiot. They're all fucking terrible. And they've just they've just ruined it. Everybody's ruined it. And, and what do you do? What the fuck do you do yet? Yeah, but because you have to vote for them because literally you're, it's like voting for, Hey man, we're going to burn down your doghouse, or, Hey man, we're going to burn down a city fucking block. You got to burn the doghouse. Sorry there. 
Sorry, sorry, Max, you're going to be sleeping in the fucking yard. Sorry, Fido or Spot or whatever generic dog name you want to throw in there. It's like if someone said, all right, here. On this table is a shit sandwich. Now, you got to eat it, but you only have to eat it like once for four years. That's all. Just a four-year shit sandwich. Well, you got anything else on the menu? Jesus, fuck, shit sandwich doesn't sound good, especially four years of a shit sandwich. Okay. Well, no, we do have a special. Uh, if you're not interested in the shit sandwich, um, we have a, which is our our blue plate special, actually, uh, where you'll be taken to the desert and you'll be staked to the ground with your limbs, uh, your wrists and your ankles bound to uh, to posts and uh, your head will be held in place by a brace. And then we will have um, every species of animal you can think of every single one. From antelopes to fucking zebras will come by arc style two by two and they will shit in your open mouth. Okay? How about that for four years? You want that? Uh could 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 you repeat the choices again? I will. I will do that. I will repeat the choices. Here's a shit sandwich. Now it's nasty. It's rancid. It's gross. It's not something anybody wants to ever eat. And you're gonna have to eat it every day for the next four years. Ugh. Okay, again, that just sounds awful. Not something I want to do. Okay, understood. So we bump you up, we go deluxe, we go blue plate special in which we have some strong men drive you to the desert and they stake you out on posts, two wrists, two ankles, tied, spread eagle. And, uh, we hold, I forget to mention this. We hold your mouth open with, uh, it's kind of like a, a C clamp. Like we put it in your mouth and we just open your mouth, which stays open. So it's not like you can get to swallow some spit or anything. Your mouth is just open under the hot sun for four years, held open by two C-clamps, and we never change them. You will have the same two C-clamps for all four years, and we will line up every species of animal that you can find from the fucking tundra to the rainforest, and they will march over you and shit in your mouth two by two motherfucking Noah's Ark style for four years. Mm. I mean, there's no choice. There's no, you go shit sandwich. We don't want to, but we got to go shit sandwich. We have to as a people for the globe, for the, for, for whatever the fuck is to come later for your kids, for your grandkids, for, for, for the sperm in your balls that might be something someday. Jesus fuck for the egg in your ovum or whatever the fuck I took health class once, whatever the fuck you've got to go this route. We got to go shit sandwich. I don't want to, I really don't. Again, it's just, it's the, all right, here's the deal. Like, uh, over here is one of your choices. This is a sloth with Alzheimer's disease. I'm sorry. That doesn't seem very safe. True. You're not wrong. Uh, a sloth is Alzheimer's disease. It keeps, and it, it, the funny thing is it keeps forgetting it's a sloth. So that is entertaining. It'll occasionally it'll act, uh, like a gibbon and, uh, and sometimes it'll act like a baboon. Oh, it's, it just, it doesn't even know what it is these days. It just kind of walks in circles and it repeats platitudes. And uh, it also, get this, it plagiarizes. Still, it did it in its youth and it does it again, this sloth with Alzheimer's. You can't, you, look, you can take the boy away from plagiarizing, but you can't take the plagiarizing away from the boy. And, and he's ready to do it right there for you, this sloth with Alzheimer's who doesn't know that he's sloth. Look how slow he is. Look how dumb he is. Look how he forgets where he is and what his name is. Oh, isn't he cute? Uh, I I wouldn't say cute. Well, he's going to run the country. Is that cool? No, no, fuck no. Nobody wants that. You sure? Yeah, no. Who wants a sloth with Alzheimer's running the country? That's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. All right. 
So you want to go with the other guy? Yeah, I think so. I don't think anything could possibly be worse than a sloth with Alzheimer's. All right. Well, then go ahead and pull the liver for a <laughs> liver. Pull the lever for a gorilla with AIDS. <laughs> Pardon me? Yeah, that's right. There's a gorilla with AIDS and he's rampaging all over and he's doing gorilla with AIDS things that you wouldn't even fucking think he could do, but he's doing them and you can't stop him. And for some reason, 35% of the people in the world or in the fucking country think that the gorilla with AIDS is awesome. What? How could they possibly? You're right, right? I agree with you. Look, cause I, look, I admit that I don't like the sloth with Alzheimer's, but I, I guess I would have to, I, I would have to rethink it. Maybe. Well, are you sure? Because there's the gorilla with AIDS. Now here's the bonus. I, I forgot to mention this. Here's, here's what I didn't tell you. The sloth with Alzheimer's, uh, again, forgetting who he is at all times, doesn't know what he's doing. Oftentimes will tell you some stories of the good old days. And oh, if you ever, if you've ever heard a sloth go into the good old days, you, you don't know what you're missing. Um, but the sloth with Alzheimer's has handlers who occasionally will point the sloth with Alzheimer's in the right direction to do the good thing. Oh, okay. Well, that kind of takes the edge off sloth because if it was just sloth with Alzheimer's running the country, then, uh, yeah, that'd be rough. But if he's got handlers who I can sort of trust, well, look, I didn't say you could trust them, but I will tell you that occasionally, and I don't even know how often I can't give you a percentage, but occasionally the sloth with Alzheimer's handlers will push him in the right direction to do the right thing. And they will think of the country at large. Oh, all right. Well, that's not so bad. What about the, uh, what was it again? Gorilla with AIDS? Yes, the gorilla with AIDS. What, what, is, uh, what do his handlers do? Oh, nothing. Pardon me? No, they just, uh, they're all terrified of the gorilla with AIDS. And they just let him rampage and do whatever the fuck he wants all the time. Uh, they'll give him a phone. He can say every threat that he could possibly type out onto a screen and send out through this app that connects him to the world with impunity. And he can do all sorts of crazy gorilla with AIDS things. And he can stomp and run willy nilly and destroy the entire fucking country while 35% of the country cheers him on and just chants AIDS, 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 gorilla with AIDS, 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 gorilla with AIDS. Uh, oh, all right. Um, Well, I, I guess, uh, I guess I got to go with, uh, what, what was it again? Sloth with Alzheimer's. I do. I, I really just based on the handlers. Well, again, I, I, I don't guarantee you if the handlers do anything that you're going to appreciate or like, and, and what I think is the right thing may not be what you think is the right thing, but I will tell you this, the team that handles the sloth of Alzheimer's cares just a tiny bit more about this country than the handlers of the gorilla with AIDS. I see. Hmm. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Um, does the sloth with Alzheimer's wear a mask? He does. Sold. You guys can get me at Mike at Mike Schmidt comedy.com. You guys can be my friend at facebook.com slash the 40 year old boy. You can follow me at twitter.com slash the 40 year old boy. You can also follow me at Instagram and Snapchat. That's where I'm Mike four zero Y O B. That's Mike four zero Y O B. Find me there, please. I'm awesome. Uh, that seems weird to tell my awesomeness this late in the game. Although if you're here, you probably already think that, right? Don't you already think I'm awesome? 
That's why you're listening to the goddamn show, right? Or maybe you're just giving it a, a your dip in your toe in for the first time. Now, this guy is most decidedly not awesome. Oh, no. Well, in that case, then I'm glad I reiterated that I was here just in case you were thinking that I wasn't. And now I've dropped it in your mind that I am. All right. Our friend Ryan Dirks does all the web stuff for this show. He's the best. Facebook.com slash Ryan Dirks. Find him, please. He's pretty darn cool. Um, David Mex Hernandez does all of the cool ass stuff for this show. Does all the artwork, does all the music. And, uh, and he's my friend too. On top of all of that stuff, be his friend. You want to be his friend? You, I think you do. If he's my friend, you go to facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez and be his friend there. You can see all the cool ass artwork he's done for this show. He's done, uh, you can go through his photographs. He's done a bunch of stuff for the Westside 86 Jokers page. He, he changes the, the cover photo for that pretty much every week. Um, he does art for this show that you can find at YouTube. I'll tell you about that on the other side. Um, but he is absolutely really terrific at what he does. He also has a cult page. You can check that out. It's the uh, This is Dumb, That's Dumb, You're Dumb, I'm Dumb. You can hear that on the, uh, on the it, well, it's, first of all, it's on Facebook. You're not going to hear it, but you're going to see it. It's available now on Facebook. If you got it, what you're going to do to join it, though, you got to ask a question. Um, to Max, which would be, can you let me into this club? I'm all scatterbrained now. Hold on. Let me take this from the top. Uh, David Max Hernandez is our friend and he's at facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez. He's got tons of artwork that you can go ahead and check out, uh, in his photos and see the artwork that he can do. He works in oils. He works in watercolors. He does amazing things. He does all the watercolor stuff for our show. And then he's got his own page called this is dumb. That's dumb. You're dumb. I'm dumb. You can send a note to try to join. He will send you three questions. Once you answer them properly, he will allow you into the group. And, uh, and it's fun. You get in there, you make memes and you see other people's memes and it's, Oh, it's just a great time for everybody. This is dumb. That's dumb. You're dumb. I'm dumb. You can find it at the facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez page is usually sharing stuff on there. Become his friend. That's the main thing right now. First of all, go to Facebook and become his friend at facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez. And, uh, not only can you view his artwork, but then you can uh, go ahead and join the other page. And then you're say you're sharing memes and Slumpus comes along and you'll possibly get smited. And then there's a, there's a, a bean that's angry. Uh, there's all sorts of stuff. So please go ahead and join this page. It's fucking cool. And like I said, he does artwork in any style you could want. And he, you could hire him to do a Facebook caricature. You could hire him to do uh, any painting you would need. He's just, he's phenomenally talented. And I'll tell you this, you got to become his friend at facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez, because recently he's been putting up clips of himself singing uh, every week, which is something you need to check out because the guy's a fucking renaissance man. So check it out now. Uh, Facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez or go to his website. You'll get to see a whole different style of artwork over there at the old website. Uh, please check it out now. It's, uh, uh, have I forgotten his? Oh my God. I think I've forgotten his website. Oh, it's uh, art by DMHGs. I did. I literally forgot his website. I went up on it. Uh, you want to check out, like I said, Facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez or uh, you want to go and be uh, check out his website. Art by DMH.com. That's A R T B Y D M H.com. Coming soon, a side project of silly proportions. Smooth, but you can't talk. Trying to throw your arms around the world. 
Sponsors? What? <laughs> Believe it or not, yes. I'll tell you what, when I ended racism last week, I thought a ton of people were going to jump on board, but we're still sifting through all of the offers everybody had to go ahead and become part of this runaway bandwagon that's solving all of the world's problems. Uh, but there is one sponsor, one bedrock sponsor, one who's been here from the jump, or at least from the past uh, year or so. And that's the Great Paranoid Strain Podcast. Why, yes, it is the Paranoid Strain Podcast. Available right now in the iTunes store. Go ahead and check it out. You can download just one. I don't know why you'd do that. I think you'd want to subscribe to the goddamn show and get all of them, for fuck's sake. Because there's uh, there's long-form episodes, or there's the quick-hit episodes, which we're in the midst of right now. Um, available in the iTunes store right now, or the Apple Podcast section. I don't know what the fuck they're calling it these days, but the Paranoid Strain Podcast exists. Please... Download it and listen and leave a review, a favorable review is what I would want. Favorable review. I, I almost didn't say it correctly there. Although, well, not almost. I didn't say it correctly. That's why I repeated it. A favorable review. But more importantly, tell them you found out uh, the, from us that it existed. And then that get, makes us look good in the eyes of fearful Jesuit. 
the guy who runs the Paranoid Strain podcast. Uh, and as I've said, they're doing all sorts of different topics all the time. They've done assassinations. They've done Q. Uh, if you want to know about Posse Comitatus, you can listen to old shows and things like that. Uh, but right now there's a show about Corona, coronavirus, Corona, the germ, as I like to call it. Uh, the germ exists and uh, and he takes down all of the conspiracy theories that are surrounding the germ. Now, he did it last month. He talked about coronavirus. And then he said, you know what? There's so many fucking conspiracy theories. I have to do a second episode. First of all, there's a new theme song this time. I was kind of shocked by that. Uh, or it seemed new to me. Look, it was new to me, folks. But if you listen, you'll be like, hey, this is a song he's been playing forever. Maybe. But for some reason, it hit my ears in a new way. Sounded new to me, for fuck's sake. Uh, there's a Fight Club clip buried in there. There's a there's a Monty Python clip lurking as well. Uh, even worse, uh, this I will tell you this. There's a, uh, you know, look, it's, it's the coronavirus. So you're going to talk about hydroxychloroquine, which is which is lurking, or I, you know, I call it hydroxy, whatever the fuck. But he plays the actual clips of Trump, and I, I just just hearing fuck next dumb voice it's just it's so bad to hear his voice good christ he's so stupid i fucking hate him uh but yeah there's a few clips of him there's uh dana unicorn who's presently residing in uh, sweden or one of those fucking towns she's uh she's telling you to wash your fucking hands uh i learned i learned this i learned that there's fauci footwear for dr fauci you know fauci and the scarf the two people who used to flank Trump at his fucking briefings. I learned that there's Fauci footwear. I learned that there's an I love Fauci throw pillow you can buy somewhere. Uh, and the bulk of this episode, they're dealing with QAnon because QAnon is involved again now with their fucking dumb shit. You'll hear some Italian mares screaming. Uh, not mares, not, not like horses, but you'll hear the actual mares of Italian towns. Uh, the audio clips of them telling people to stay home or they'll put a bullet in their fucking head. Even better, he's got a Ugandan police chief. Now with the Italian mayors, he plays the actual audio of the Italian mayors and he has Dana unicorn do a Mario brothers voice like, Hey, that's a spicy, a meatball, which is fucking crazy. But then he's got the Ugandan police chief. And I am so glad he didn't have Dana try that accent. Cause that would have been a nightmare. I don't know how I would have explained it to everybody. Um, but it's, it's, it breaks down all of these. I mean, dudes, I, I, uh, He's got all of these foreign voices on the show. I will tell you this. Every one of these foreign voices sounds to me like Noel Fielding doing a character. <laughs> I shouldn't. But there's a bunch of stuff from England where they there's a woman trying to get a guy to not do 5G power lines. And she just sounds like a fucking. They all sound like Noel Fielding to me. Dr. Dan Lee Demke, I think, was this one dude. And his voice totally sounds like a, a Noel Fielding character. Um, he, he delves into. I mean, the, these QAnon dudes think that Bill Gates is going to be doing all sorts of stuff. It's, and they think that he's going to give you a mandatory vaccination and microchipping. And, uh, there's actually the phrase, somebody uses the phrase that vaccine is from the pit of hell. They did they took a QAnon guy is like, you'll never take the hydroxy, whatever the fuck, or I'm sorry, the, the chlor, if they come up with a vaccine, I'll never take it because that vaccine is from the pit of hell. And I'm just like, well, you mean from the world in 2020? Cause that's basically where we're at right now. We're, we're in the pit of hell as far as I'm concerned. So it would only, uh, stand to reason that anything invented in 2020 is directly from the pit of hell. Uh, one of my favorite things is he plays, uh, he, he's, he, he keeps talking about how there's these, uh, conspiracy theories are basically all in the United States, but then he goes, ah, there's some in England, but he, but then he does this thing where he says, yeah, but the USA is always number one. And then you, there's these chance to go USA, USA and fucking Jesuit just goes, calm down. 
and it's my favorite thing in the whole show. It's just this throwaway, stupid fucking calm down. Uh, but he plays these QAnon people, and they are also fucking Stepford and normal sounding, even though they're fucking bananas, fucking crazy, dude. They 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 talk about this stuff called adrenochrome, which is right from fucking Fear and Loathing and Hunter Thompson. So he blames, honestly, Jesuit decides that maybe the coronavirus is Johnny Depp's fault. Uh, you'll hear the phrase, even a goddamn werewolf is entitled to legal counsel. That shows up somewhere in the show. Um, I don't want to give away too much. There's a clip from The Dark Crystal. And, and I will tell you this, stay to the end. When you're listening to the show, listen through the ending and theme song because there's, uh, there's a little button you got to hear. It's totally fun. But, uh, you know, it's it's a topic I don't care about anymore because I'm scared of it. We're all worried about it. We hope it goes away. We think it's going to come back strong. Uh, and so, honestly, I was off-put a little bit. I'm like, oh, man, a fucking coronavirus show. But as always, fucking Jesuit and Dana make it entertaining. They make it something you want to listen to. Um, it's smart. It's sharp. It's clever. It's so well-written, and it's something you should check out. So go ahead right now and download the Paranoid Strain podcast from the uh, Apple podcast, whatever the fuck it's called, or the iTunes store. I don't know anymore. Just download it, leave a fucking review telling them it's great. And also write a note, if you would. Go ahead and write a note to Jesuit, theparanoidstrain at gmail.com, theparanoidstrain at gmail.com. Write him a note, tell him you heard about the show through me and how much you like it, and uh, and I'll just I'll be thrilled. I'll be so happy. I'll give you, I'll give you a high five you wouldn't fucking believe next time I see you. Although we can't do that anymore. I'll bump your elbow. Oh, my Christ. I'll bump your elbow in such a loving way. You won't even know what to do with yourself. (laughs) So watch out for that. The Paranoid Strain podcast available now in the iTunes store or the Apple podcast space, whatever the fuck they're calling it. Go ahead and download it now. Review it. Listen to it. Love it. Subscribe and uh, and tell Jesuit how much you love it and how you heard it from us. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, Remember, I'm available for Cameo. Cameo exists. You can go ahead and hire me to do one of those or five of those. All of the money raised in June will be going toward uh, charities. I will divide it. It all depends. I mean, I, I, I got to be honest. I don't think I'm going to make a lot of Cameo money. So we'll see exactly where we're at. But I might I might send it to um, to the Act Blue people. There's all sorts of different choices I'll have. But uh, I, hold on. Yawning. Brace yourselves. Um but I'll take a look and we'll see, you know, there's Act Blue Aware LA. And uh, I, I don't want to say specifically who, but we already gave to five charities. And I'll tell you about that a little bit later. But uh, if you book me for Cameo, cameo dot, uh, book cameo.com or get the Cameo app on your phone. Hire me to say hi to your friends or, or boo to your neighbors or, or yell at somebody. I'm happy to do any and all of those things, please. Uh, and all of the money in June gets contributed to the the appropriate places. Black Lives Matter, probably. Uh, the Act Blue Aware LA, the Black Visions Collective. Um, I think I'm going to concentrate more. We, you know, we gave money to uh, individuals, and I think I'm going to concentrate more on the larger picture with the Cameo stuff. So, thank you uh, for hiring me for Cameo. That's, you haven't done it yet, but I, although I have, I have one on deck actually. There's one right now that I have to record. Thank you for stepping up and thinking of me, person whose name I can't say in case it gives it away to the person you got it for. But it exists. I'm out there. Bookcameo.com or get the Cameo app on your phone. Hire me to do that. Go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com. Go to the merchandise page. There's an Amazon link. Click on that Amazon link, please. You're ordering stuff from Amazon anyway, right? It is burned down an Amazon center out here. Things have uh, things have turned here in America. So Amazon factories are not the safest place. 
But uh, but you can still order from Amazon. And why wouldn't you use my code if you did? Go to uh, MikeSchmidtComedy.com. Go to the merchandise page and click through. There's a link there for Amazon. And then you're right there, man. You're getting it done. You're shopping. I'm getting a taste of it. We get money. They get money. You get stuff. It's a perfect, perfect thing. We get money. They get money. You get stuff. You can't argue with that. And don't try. So don't try. We get money, they get money, you get stuff. Use my Amazon link and do all your Amazon shopping, please. It includes the show. Makes me happy. Thanks so much for thinking of us and keeping us afloat. It's the best. Uh, what else is there, man? Paranoid Strain, and then I got that. Um, oh, you know what? I got a YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash the 40-year-old boy. Uh, you want to start listening to old shows? They're on there as well. You can go ahead and check those out. YouTube.com slash the 40-year-old boy, as well as Twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. That exists. Go to Twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. I'm on there all the time. I've been doing puzzles. I'm getting puzzle fatigue a little bit here. I might go ahead and wean myself off the puzzles and do them once a week maybe uh, and go back to grabbing a sword and killing some things. We'll see what happens. But uh yeah, I think I've hit the wall puzzle wise this week. So uh, it's fun. I enjoy playing with people, but at the you know, I, I think I want to kill some stuff. So we'll see. I'm getting my hackles up a little bit. So let's go murder. Let's do some murders, right? Let's do that. Uh, you can follow me at twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy. You can subscribe as well. If you use your Amazon Twitch Prime subscription, that doesn't cost you anything and it gets me five bucks. Thank you for thinking of me. Uh, and come to the channel. You can give bits. You can subscribe. You can follow. And, uh, and just have the best time of your life that I, please don't say that that's true because I will feel bad for your life. Uh, but come and enjoy yourself. That's all. Just go ahead and visit, uh, the Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy. Check me out as I play video games and have fun. And sometimes we just do trailer park. Where we go watch a bunch of trailers for games or movies and we have a chat. It's lovely. It's a lovely place to be. So go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com. Go to the uh, merchandise page, use the Amazon link. And then, of course, there's the Twitch channel. The YouTube channel exists, as I've mentioned, and uh, Patreon exists. If you want to become a Patreon person, that would be pretty cool. Thank you for thinking of me. Um, Patreon.com slash the 40-year-old boy or just Google Patreon Mike Schmidt and you'll see my smiling face staring right at you with a little Schmitty right there as well. And you'll know it's my page. You can go ahead and join up. I'd appreciate it if you thought of me and you went ahead and signed up and became someone who goes and supports the show via Patreon. A patron is thing I, what I think they call it, a patron at Patreon. And uh, if you do so, you'll be joining our good friend, Bonnie Varan. I drink some water to let that sink in. Bonnie Varan became a new Patreon person this week. Thank you so much, Bonnie, for thinking of me and signing up to go ahead and support the show. Um, you've sent me a Facebook note that I haven't read just yet, but I will. I'm a little behind in correspondence as of this week, uh, but I will catch up. I promise to everybody. Uh, but Bonnie Varan, thank you so much for becoming a Patreon patron. That is super cool. You're the best. I thank you for thinking of me and thinking of the show and supporting financially. I appreciate that very much. Um, PayPal and Venmo, our good friend Robert Mitchell stepped up and sent me a, a very nice donation via PayPal. Thank you so much for thinking of me, Robert Mitchell. I'm glad you stepped up and did something like that. You are an amazing person to support the show. Thank you. I don't know if we've ever talked or we've contacted or spoken to one another. If we have, great. Um, but if we haven't, uh, let me do the talking right now and tell you thank you for thinking of me and contributing to the show. I appreciate it very much. Uh, so Bonnie Varan at Patreon, uh, which again, like I said, you guys can sign up at patreon.com slash the 40-year-old boy. And uh, PayPal, if you want to give to the show via PayPal, like our friend Robert Mitchell did, if you go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com in the upper left-hand corner of virtually every single page, you're going to find a little Schmitty. And he's got his pocket out and it says donate. And uh, you can sign up for a monthly donation. You can sign up for a one-time donation, whatever you want to do. 
is great and uh, and I appreciate it and it keeps the show afloat because as you know with the germ lurking and things changing um your support of this show is more important than ever. I don't mean to be that guy who sounds like I'm going to give you a fucking PBS tote bag, but uh but it's really cool that you're doing what you can to keep me afloat and thinking of me and uh, and it really truly helps to have people like you supporting the show financially and uh you know, it's cool that you listen. It's cool that you check out the channels, following and subscribing is great. Um but but you know, I, I here we are again at the corner of Content Avenue and Commerce Boulevard. And uh, I have to tell you, you know, this is kind of my job now, especially with everything going to hell, courtesy of the germ. Uh, you're nice to think of me. Everybody who stepped up, Bonnie Varan and Robert Mitchell this week. Thank you so much for becoming Patreons and contributing via PayPal. And if you want to do the same thing, like I said, patreon.com slash the 40 year old boy. And uh, if you go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com, upper left hand corner, there's a little Schmitty got his pocket out. Go ahead and fill it by clicking on it and go ahead and becoming a PayPal person, either a one time donation or 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 get this a monthly donation, whatever you want to do. Uh, I appreciate you thinking of me. Go ahead and sign it up. Uh, now let's talk about this. Last week, I told you I was be on, I would be on the Twitch channel and I was going to be uh, playing games all weekend and any money that was raised on Twitch was going to go to several different causes. It was going to go to the GoFundMe for George Floyd's family. It was going to the GoFundMe for Ahmaud Aubrey, who uh, was unfortunately killed in Texas by those two fucking lunkheads on their truck. And uh, also the GoFundMe for Breonna Taylor, as well as the Black Visions Collective and Act Blue, Aware LA, which is where Black Lives Matter Los Angeles wanted me to send my donation. Um, so I, I threw that out to you guys and dudes, dudes, I played video games early Saturday. I played video games late Saturday. And then I played uh, for about four hours, five hours on Sunday. And uh, brace yourselves. You're not going to believe this. This is... This is all of you guys in action. This is amazing. Listeners to this show raised with me combined, all of us combined, we raised $935 in two days for all of those charities. And uh, and I can't thank you enough. Everybody who stepped up. For, I, I have the names. I'm going to run through the names here with you guys. Um just you're just good people. I can't, I can't stress enough. You know, again, like I said, I ended racism with last week's show. And then uh, we also put, we, we put the final ice pick into the heart of racism with this money we raised over the weekend. So I don't know if you've seen, look out your windows. It's a new day. It's a new dawn. There's a, a brighter sun and cleaner air and racism is finished. Courtesy of the show I put out last week and, uh, and the money you guys donated. <laughs> uh, wouldn't that be fucking great? Right. Don't we I just, uh, whatever. I don't need racism is just fucking stupidity and it just drives me out of my skull. It's so stupid. Um, so I played the games last week and people started giving money and sending money via Venmo as well. They started sending, you know, subscribed. Uh, it was just incredible. And, and so we raised $935 courtesy of, first of all, I want to give a shout out to uh, our good friend, William Shank, who an unbelievable gentleman stepped up my friend on Facebook but uh, but stepped into the chat stream and gave so generously. Stepped up and and gave. Um, he was he you know, of of the the people contributing, he was the king contributor among uh, among listeners. Um, not counting our friend Jeremy, who I'll get to in a second. But um, but William Shank stepped up and and really just and my favorite. Here was my favorite part. 
people hung out the whole time I played video games and they would give incrementally. Like, as you could just show up and give one big amount and then fucking bail. But there were people who kept giving and giving and giving incrementally. And it was so fucking awesome because they hung out, we played games, and then you just money would show up. Um, on Saturday afternoon, uh, our friend Christy, who listens to the show and comes and visit me on Twitch, uh, our new friend Heather, who showed up from Milwaukee, um, our good friend Drew, who's over there at Ben Spark Adventures, he he gave money. Liana Dixon, who's of course the greatest, she gave money, and uh, and our good friend Fugacious, that's a that's a Twitch user named Fugacious, he gave money along with Johnny Sparkles, who has stepped in and become a Twitch follower. I appreciate him very much. He sent money via Venmo, and like ten people subscribed. We raised we raised ninety four bucks that day. Uh, Saturday night I played and uh, our good friend Bridget in New Jersey, she gave incrementally and then Christy again gave more money. That was cool. Uh, And then Sunday came along and Sunday was bananas. Got a dry mouth here. Sunday, that's when William Schenck showed up and he started dropping some major fucking coin. He was doing the do. Um, and, And then everybody else just came in and was super generous. Christy again, uh, never not Debbie who listens to, uh, to, to never not funny and, and knew me from there. And she's come along to the Twitch channel, started playing games with us. Our great friend, Mike beats gave four different like incremental things. I mentioned William Shank, um, our friend Linda gave and, and was great. Our buddy Scott in Canada, uh, again, Christy and Bridget stepped up on Sunday. Our friend Crystal who, uh, congratulations, Crystal, Crystal is having a baby. And uh, her and Zach are excited. And I think it was just their anniversary, too. Good Lord. Look, at it. it's been a big year so far for Crystal. So Crystal's having a baby, her anniversary, and she gave money. Uh, our friend Radio Rob gave some cash. Our buddy Carfabless stepped up. He's that. That's, he's a Twitch user named Carfabless, and he gave dough. Uh, Sparkles, again, Johnny Sparkles. Uh, and our friend Heather from Milwaukee, she gave some dough. And then um, our friend Travis, who's in Tennessee. Travis and his dog, Leon. Oh, oh. His his uh, dog his dog's named Leon Russell uh, Terrier I think I don't know I don't remember his, I know his first name like I don't need to know the rest of your name if I know you me and the dog are on a first name basis um, I mentioned never not Debbie Mike Beats Linda Scott uh, Bridget a guy named Stock WB stepped up and gave some money and again Liana the lovely and talented Liana Dixon gave money and then our friend Michelle who I mentioned on the show she stepped up through Venmo and our buddy Ruben also stepped up through Venmo and gave money. And all of them combined, uh, along with my money that I kicked in because I gave all my Amazon money and and uh, and I gave that we we went up with nine hundred and thirty five dollars, which was incredible. I was very excited about that, very happy. Um, now I will tell you this: we <laughs> we actually we raised, I think it was nine hundred. Let me where is the sheet of paper? I, I have it somewhere. Damn it. Um, we we raised. Uh, it was like 905, whatever. And then I kicked in an extra to make it the 934 because I wanted to divide or 935. Um, cause I wanted to divide it five ways. Uh, I wanted it to be one eight, $187 for each charity. So I was happy to do that. Um, but I haven't even gotten to the meat of the matter yet. So that was $935 we raised. And then our buddy, Jeremy, whom you may know as uh, co-CEO of Emerald Alawadi LLC, who employs me, and keeps me in business for this show. That's our buddies, Ahmad and Jeremy, uh, incredibly generous, incredibly nice people, lovely and talented and wonderful. And my friends, and I'm proud to call them my friends. I love them. Jeremy said every dime we made, he would match. 
So we we gave $935 to these five charities, and so $187 to each. And then Jeremy matched that $187 to each charity. So that means each charity, courtesy of me and Jeremy, got $374 for George Floyd, for Breonna Taylor, for Ahmaud Aubrey, for the Black Visions Collective, and for Act Blue Aware LA. And uh, and that's that's three hundred and seventy four dollars, which is fucking cool as hell to give to those five different. So Jeremy matched the nine hundred and thirty five dollars. Uh, oh, but wait, there's more. Ron Popeil shows up and stops you in your tracks because you're thinking to yourself, man, nine thirty five from Mike and the listeners is awesome. Jeremy stepping up with a nine thirty five. That's badass. I mean, I, I it couldn't get much better than that. Oh, contraire, as they say in Franch Town. Get this. Not only did we kick in the 935, not only is Jeremy kicking the 935, uh, but through an arrangement, Jeremy has his amount matched as well by an entity. So that's another $935 divided among these five charities. So overall, if you're keeping score at home, and I know that you are, that's 187 uh, times three. So that's three, 540. Uh, and then, uh, 21. So 561, we're looking at 561. So that's 25, 2683. Am I right? You know, I'm going to take my cat. I want to see if I did that right off the top of my head, because I feel bad if I don't get it correct. And you know, I want to get it correct more than anything. And you're thinking, why didn't you do this when you were off the air? Well, how about if you fuck yourself? All right. So let me do this. One, eight, seven times. Oh, hold on. One, eight, seven. And then one, eight, seven is that. So it's five, yeah, 561. I was right. And you multiply that. Uh, hold on. What am I doing here? Uh, geez, I can't even figure it out. So no, it was nine. So just do nine thirty-five times three. You dope. Times three. Hold on. Wait, that's five hundred twenty-four thousand. I am not good with calculators anymore. Times three. Twenty-eight oh five. Where did I? Where did I go wrong with the numbers in my head? Because I'm thinking I'm not. For, whatever the fuck. Who cares? We raised. We. And when I say that, that's me. That's Travis, that's Mike Beats, that's Linda, never not Debbie, that's Scott, it's Bridget, it's Stock WB, it's Michelle, it's Ruben, it's Liana, it's Bridget, it's Christy, it's Heather, it's our friend Drew, it's Fugacious, uh, it's Crystal Carfablis, Johnny Sparkles, Ruben and Michelle, all of us, William Shank, that bad motherfucker, and our friend Jeremy and me, we raised over $2,800 for these charities. And, uh, and so if you do that, you go five and a 28 goes five and then the 30 is six. They, they got over 560 bucks each. I'm so fucking proud of you guys. And, and, and I can't believe the generosity of a Jeremy and, and, uh, man, I love you dudes. Look at you guys stepping up. So we raised $2,800 for five amazing causes and there's still money to come. The cameo is still coming down the road, baby. So once that, whatever I make in June, will go there as well. And, uh, and I will always keep an eye out for an opportunity to see what else we can do because, uh, you know, man, the world's falling apart. We got to do what we can. And if I can't go be on the front lines and get arrested in five seconds, then I got to do something. I got to do what I can and maybe raise money with you guys or send some money or earmark something to go over here. And it's just a tricky time, you know, especially with me planning to move to Canada and all, (laughs) I got to get a handle on my fucking money and figure out exactly what's going to happen. But Jesus Christ, the fact that you guys would step up like that and we were able to get that kind of money, it just, it made me so happy, so proud of you guys. And 
And when I was doing that, I'm playing video games and the money just kept rolling in and this thing called the hype train kicks in. And so that starts rolling. Everybody starts giving money and Jeremy goes ahead and matches everything. And he sent me screenshots and I'm sending money here. And then you see everybody else sending money. And like, you know, George Floyd, I think is at like $3 million and Brianna's over like a million and a half. And George, George Floyd actually be more than that. I don't know. And then Kanye gave money and it's just, it's just time, man. It's just time to take care of people. Quit hitting people with batons. Quit fucking spraying people in the face with pepper spray. Let's fucking, you know, uh, come on, people. Now, smile on your brother. Everybody get together. Try to love one another right now. Not later. Don't do it later. Let's fucking do this, man. And the cops just need to fucking calm down, right? I'm sure they'll listen to me. Well, again, I ended racism last week. Maybe I'll end police brutality this week. This show will be, oh, dude, I got the dulcet tones. I got the golden touch. I got the voice that goes ahead and clears all the problems off the fucking slate. We're done with the docket. Now, you know what? Let's go ahead and open the beaches. I'm going to do this. I'm the mayor of Amity. I'm going to tell you right now, there's no issues anymore. Those, those, those cops have been caught. You saw it. They hung it over on the dock. They cut him open. There was a license plate in his belly. We haven't got to worry about this cop anymore. We've gone ahead and hung him out to fucking dry. Go ahead and jump in the water. Just when you say I thought it was safe to go back in the water, and then another fucking cop shows up and he smacks you in the head with a baton. We can't have this. God damn it. Stand down, cops. What's wrong with you guys? These people are out here just fucking singing Kumbaya and you bash somebody in the face. I don't like that song either. But stand the fuck down. You're shooting pepper balls and fucking sandbags and grenades and Joey Baloney's hitting fucking people all the goddamn time. I didn't even talk about Buffalo. Those fuckheads. 75-year-old man comes ambling up just to, like, give him back a police helmet, and they shove him down. He cracks his head. The noise is fucking disgusting. His head hits so fucking hard, and I've told you the story. That was one of the things that always kind of always haunted me when I would think about getting into fights. When I was a kid, I read a story about a wedding, and they had a dispute, like a fucking argument, and two guys went outside, and one dude punched a guy, and he hit his head on a curb, and he died. And the groom at the wedding went to jail forever, like, he, he, on his groom night or whatever the fuck. He wound up going to jail. Because he punched a guy in the mush. The guy hit his head on a curb. That shit happens, man. So when this fucking old dude comes shambling up like a scarecrow to hand him back their helmet and two dudes shove him to the ground, 75-year-old chemotherapy cancer patient falls down, cracks his head on the cement, starts immediately bleeding from the back of his head and his fucking ears, and the cops are like, oh, yeah, uh, all right, well, don't help him. Get a medic. And then they, they all keep walking. How do you do that? How do you fucking cashier your humanity and leave it in a fucking locker when you put your riot gear on? You just push down an old man. You know how many videos I've seen of them pushing down old men? I saw an old man with a cane that they fucking pushed down in Utah or some shit. Leave the old people alone. Leave the young people alone. Leave fucking people alone, man. Quit shoving anybody. This isn't a war. You're supposed to protect and fucking serve. I don't understand the point. And yes, I know cops. And yes, I, I might hear from some of them. And I totally get it. But, but I just feel like, man, if the cops are fucking out of control, the one cops who aren't out of control should go, hey, this dude's out of fucking control. When those two dudes in Buffalo shove that guy to the ground, he starts bleeding out of his ears. How do you push a 75-year-old man to the fucking ground? And then they lied. They said, first they said he slipped. Then the video came out from a newscast, not even from like a, you know, a guy in a grassy knoll with a fucking phone. It came out from an actual news station. It was like, oh, really? Well, look at this angle. And you hear it. It's so fucking terrifying when you hear the noise. And then they had to go, oh, yeah, no, he uh, he was a known agitator. Now they're saying he slipped and he fell. And it's just like, what the fuck, man? Own it. You pushed an old man down. Are you happy? Are you proud of yourselves that you pushed an old man to the ground and he walked up to give you a fucking helmet? And, yeah, maybe he gave you a talking to because that's what old men do in this fucking country. And you push him to the fucking ground. You And then they suspend the two cops and the other 57 bail. They quit. They don't quit the force, but they quit the fucking emergency response team or whatever the fuck and go back to desk duty or wherever they are. And you're just like, 
Do you not care about optics? And that's what I mean when I say that they're hitting people even with the fucking cameras on. They don't give a fuck about optics at all. They don't. They just don't care. I really think that there is a segment of law enforcement that believes it's above the law, and it's a large fucking segment. You see cops in New York giving white power hand signals. You see people just fucking with impunity throwing people into cars or zip tying them or letting them cry and piss themselves in a bus. Don't you have any humanity left? What's wrong with you, man? I don't know. And again, like I said, I know, man, I've lost my temper. I've done dumb shit. I've hit people I shouldn't have fucking hit. I smashed a guy's head into a fucking wall so many times blood started running down his fucking face. And I walked away. And what did I do later? I was fucking sad. I got off and I cried. I was fucking sad. I couldn't believe I did it. Maybe these cops cry. I don't know. Maybe they take handfuls of fucking Benzedrine and do what they can to fucking sleep so they don't hear the fucking voices anymore. The people that they smacked in the head with a fucking baton. I don't know. But we got to figure something out. And I think it's going to change. I really do. I started, I started to think that just yesterday in my head, I was like, you know, this could be, this looks like it's getting stuff done. This looks like it's actually accomplishing something. And, uh, and we can only hope so. We can only fucking hope so. Right. I don't want to go to Alaska. I don't want to buy a gun. Don't make me do all these fucking things. Right. I, I can't I, I, cause I, look, here's the thing. I say I don't want to buy a gun and I don't want to buy Alaska. If I go to Alaska, I have to buy a gun. I actually, I might not even have to buy a gun. I think they just hand you one and you walk in the fucking city. Because again, everybody's got a legal pad and a pen because they're going to write their fucking thoughts about why squirrels are scaring them and telling them to kill David Berkowitz or whatever the fuck. But then you got to have a gun to fend off bears. Aren't there Kodiaks and shit up there? Plus, I got to shoot some salmon to eat. Again, because there's no grocery stores in Alaska. You got to live off the land, man. You got to eat juniper berries and a handful of greens and whatever bear carcass you come along that was killed by a bigger bear. You have to hope for small bear detritus. You got to hope for fucking small bear blowback. You go ahead and fucking skin that fucking thing, bank yourself a coat, shoot a salmon, you're good for the winter. You make yourself a bear coat, you fucking go ahead and choke down whatever the fuck you can get out of the bear carcass, and then you shoot salmon in the river and you're fine. That's that's how you survive in Alaska. Then you make sure you write your manifesto and, I don't know, you give it to, oh, you know what? You put it on a fucking diseased bird. <laughs> that's what you do. Like we said, the birds deliver the mail. There's got to be some Alaskan pigeon up there who's waiting to deliver manifestos to fucking everybody. So that's what I got to do. I cross the state line. They hand me a gun. I got a legal pad. I got to find a small bear fucking carcass. I cut off it off the fucking skin and I wrap myself in it, write my manifesto, put it on a diseased bird. Man, 2020 is not what I thought it was going to be. I got to be honest. This was the year of I will. I didn't think it was the year of I will go to Alaska, get a gun, have a legal pad, write a manifesto, find a baby bear, skin it, eat whatever I can off of its carcass, wrap myself in the skin, write my manifesto, shoot two salmon in the river, and then tie my manifesto to a diseased bird and have it delivered to whoever the fuck wants to read it. That just seems really
Jolly Podcast. Podcast.